What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang. And that's you. For being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the Wake Up Show, the internationally known Wake Up Show from Frisco to Maine all the way to Spain. Part of the Free Engine Lifestyle Podcast here on the Free Engine Lifestyle channel. You in here with the Bruce Wayne of this issue. The king of kings, the king of content, and the speaker of truth, yours truly. The notorious one, a.k.a. Mr. Coachellini, better known as the prognosticator, Coach Adamus. And you're in the Desert Storm bunker with Mr. EWF, the whole effing show. That is Mr. Every Woman's Fantasy, the CEO of Fixes Binds SLLC. You're also in here with the Black Moses of this. The man with more nicknames than anyone in the game. The undebatable, the undeniably best YouTube show on YouTube. Mr. Primetime himself. Well, not primetime, but Mr. All day, all the time, every day. Mr. No Days Off is back in the building. Better known as CGA, God Allah, and the eight-time demonetized champion of YouTube. We are back. We got a great show for you lined up today. We're going to examine a possible incident or two where men are being harassed for allegedly harassing women in public. This does make a little, you know, it's kind of a weird situation here. We got Starbucks and we have a university that allegedly has expelled a student for approaching women. So we're going to talk about that, talking about this idea of uh, men not being able to approach women, men being called creeps or label creeps, or at least now we don't have to worry about the woman alleging that the man's a creep. We now have dirty Max and cock blockers and haters watching you approach that are then going to label you as a harasser. This is absolutely a new twist to what men have to worry about when they're cold approaching women. Not only do you have to worry about fear of rejection, you also have to have the woman being say, hey, you're harassing me or you're not harassing me. The door's wide open. Then you have onlookers in this Starbucks, onlookers, employees that are watching you do this. And of course, the guy built up the gumption to be able to do it. And now you have onlookers interpreting what you're doing and then potentially trying to save the bish. Now, that's where it gets weird. Now, we're going to talk about this as well because, yeah, man, I think a lot of guys really are trying to figure out a way. I know there are some guys that, you know, they say they got the game in the mouthpiece, but there's a lot of guys that are, you know, they're going to build up the courage to try this, to work it out. And still, now you have onlookers that are ready to look at what you're doing and then make a critique about it, potentially call the police or the authorities on you for talking to a woman, man. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. They don't want to mind their business at all. And if the girls wants to sell some puss, mind your business. When I start selling pussy, I don't want to hear it. When I start selling pussy, I don't want to hear nobody say shit. When you see me on the corner, bitch, mind your business. Hey, man, you got to let a hoe be a hoe. Oh, and we're in the first 15 minutes of YouTube. That means they're monitoring this program. Anyway, to contribute to the day show, dollar sign the notorious CGA on the cash app, Venmo, Coach Greg Adams TV, PayPal. PayPal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams, and that should be pinned to the top of the live chat on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. And yes, you can super chat 
on the Notorious CGA channel. And might I add, it is Tuesday. Gordita in the building. Tuesday morning, Gordita in Tuesday night. Tuesday night, Gordita. I better pin that PayPal to the top of the live chat. Give me a second here. We got some gorditas lined up for you. We got a one, I think one you've never seen, and one that's my all-time favorite. I think I, oh, you know what? I actually typed it in, but I didn't, I didn't paste it. Pause. I didn't have my pasties out. All right, ladies, if you, I got a, I got a thing for you. If you wear, if you wear uh, some of those nipple hiders, man, take them shits and all, off in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like, don't make me undress you and then you still got them damn nipple hiders on you know what i'm talking about ladies you know what the hell i'm talking about like you know we about to get busy don't let me take your bra off and i see your paste your nipple hider pasties on like what is this ladies just take that shit off you in the bathroom you you know what's about to happen we about to wah, 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 wah. All right, we about to get it on, and then I'm getting it all. You know what's you know what's happening when you walk in the door and be like, "Can I excuse me? Let me go to the bathroom. Take them damn nipple pasties off." Then I gotta yeah, them stars. Now I gotta come in here. You know, take your unwrap you as I normally do. Take your bra off, and I'm staring at pasties. I want to see nipples. You know what I mean? White girls, I want to see pink areola. You know, sisters, Puerto Rican chicks, Indian chicks, I want to see them big old. Uh, silver dollar ass dark nip, you know, areolas. I want to see all of that. Don't have me running around here. I want to see them silver dark ass, dark ass areolas, them Puerto Ricans and them Indians and black chicks. Give me them dark ass silver dollar. Don't be having no damn. I take it off and I see a star or a chocolatey pasty or something, a pink pasty. What is this? Let's get back to it, man. Listen, I know, man, I'm just... Just I got money. They act like you know what we were gonna do when we got here. But anyway, I'm getting off the rail. This is a family show. I forgot. This is a family show. Ooh. Wait a minute. Hold on. It's a family show. I just thought. Yeah, give me them pizza uh pepperoni. Let me get a large pepperoni. All right, let me do it here. That was family show material. That was family show. But anyway, show went off the rails. Yeah, sometimes we jump off the rails, but it's a family show. I forgot. At least the first 15 minutes is supposed to be family show. All right. Yeah, so you can all listen. But anyway, it's Tuesday. <laughs> all right. Let's show you our favorite Gorditas here. Uh, this is one of my favorites right here. This is one of my all-time favorites. This is $5 Selena Gomez, who's our Gordita Supreme on this show. And uh, let's see what we got here. Look at that pretty lady. Mm, mm. you're my lady makeup looking good all right i see her chin all right uh her tongue looking a little fat all right but let me see here look she got kind of angled sharp angles she got pretty hair filter popping off makeup kicking she got her eyelashes mixed in with the okay let me see what we working with oh she got some pretty eyes too hello uh oh what in the world is this <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. Wowzers. Holy mackerel. I tell you, man, that is definitely a humanity. All right. I wasn't expecting that at all. Man, she's a cutie, but my goodness, let me tell you, I didn't see I didn't see that one coming at all. Man, boy, she knows how to hide it, but I hope she knows how to divide it. Oh man. Stretch marks too. She got the stretch marks. Come get it. Come on. Let me at her. 
Let me at her. Let me at her. She's a pleasant human being. Oh, she fooled me right here. Look at that. She got me the sexy eyes. Damn, she that was trickery, man. She was trickeration. Don't need no trickeration. Boy, oh boy. Hey man, that's what I'm talking about, girl. But let me at her. Let me at her. Mm-hmm. She a cute. I now I see it. Now I see it. She definitely could have 15 babies. She could have 15 of my babies. She could have 15 babies in two years. Let me at her. Let me at her. Where we at? Let me at her. All right. <laughs> it is Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently, guys, the women will put anything on the internet. <laughs> here we go right here. Holy moly. All right. What do we got going? What is this, man? This is a family show. What are we doing, man? Society is gone. Send it. Send it. Ninja still be out here. Yeah, that brother's starving. Ninja still going. You still going. That is a fat one. That's a fat. Look at this, man. This is absolutely crazy. Oh, the humanity. What are we doing as a population of people? We've dumbed ourselves down to the lowest common denominator. Anything goes when it comes to hoes. Ninja still going to sell their soul for this. What in the world? Oh, the humanity. Wow. Man. Goodness, wowzers, it's out here, man. Yo, we just trying to make it. Brothers is like, let me at her. Yeah, that brother's starving. That's a black man's dream right there. That's a Pookie's dream right there. You know I, you know I ain't lying. And I got a little Pookie in me. Yeah, man. You know what? Honestly, yeah. She actually, yeah. <laughs> All right, listen. This is a disgrace. This is an absolute disgrace. And some of y'all brothers, this is how y'all going to be acting like this pastor right here. Got this poor woman out here. She she been prostituting herself and the pastor going to cleanse her soul. All right. He's spanking the demons out of her. Look at your pastor. Oh, plaster clap cheeks in the, in the flesh. And she jiggling, baby. Oh, he's slapping. What is going on here? This is an absolute disgrace. Leave this body out. Man, you know, hey, listen, you know, big ladies can get it on any day, even the pastor. Even the pastor clap cheeks, he he's slapping the demon out of her. That's what he was saying. He was slapping the demon out of her, man. But a lot of y'all would have be. This is absolutely a disgrace. We live in a disgraceful world, and I'm here in the spirit of Elijah to lead you into the promised land. That's what we're doing. But on our way, we will take a detour for some debauchery. So we'll get there when we get there. It may take 40 days. It may take 40 years. But we are filled with the spirit of Elijah and we're here to change the world for a better place in our best Tev, Tevin Campbell. And what we're going to do is we will take an exit here and there for some detours, some junior college and potentially some gorditas. Yeah. You know, anyway, let's get to the earlier contributors to today's show. Yikes. What a show. Albert Wesker says a well-known YouTuber just got banned from college campus after women reported him for harassment. He got surrounded by security and escorted away. Yes, I'm actually going to cover his video. He's one of the videos we're going to recover here. Or cover. Freemanis is in the building. Shout out to you. MC Hamster donations to the Fupacino Fund out here. 
Gordita con leche in the building. Hello. Wait a minute. Wrong one. Gordita con leche in the building. Yes, drink up. All right, AC says peace, love. He says peace, sleeve. Oh, peace, sleeve. When your peace leaves, when you fiend for peace leaves, that is Adams 304. All right, shout out to you. And it is written. Ladies love cool C says the San Diego Chargers made Ling Ling upset last night. Yeah, that was she made a quite of an entry, man. Ling Ling, they're showing her everywhere. And she's a typical Charger fan. Look like she don't know what the hell's going on. All right. And she's rooting for the San Diego Chargers. That should tell you right there. All right. They're going to find a way to choke the chokers. San Diego chokers. Shout out to Daniel McGee. He says, feels wonderful being a free agent. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Leaf says, don't know what happened in the main event. However, he says, in a time long ago, it was a big deal for a man to approach a woman. He says, women get so much attention now, they don't value being approached anymore. Uh, I think that is somewhat interesting conversation that we'll get into. But uh, even this guy, I believe he's a dating coach. He's a street interviewer. He's going to talk about what he's seeing out here. And I want you old men to really understand. Uh, is that who it was? Wheat Waffles? All right, maybe we're going to share his video. Maybe not. I have no idea. All right, but uh, anyway. Uh, We're going to share his video. Even he's coming to the conclusion that it's going to be impossible for most men to even execute what they call a cold approach. And I'm not being a big fan of a cold approach, as you guys know. I don't suggest it as a tactic or strategy that you use like um, in, in place of others. And you guys also know that I do adhere to the cold, hot, and warm approach, right? And I'd use a reference cold approach. Then you have warm leads, hot referrals. There are times I talk to women in public all the time. Now, some of it is when I talk to them, it don't have nothing to do with anything, right? It's just a natural conversation. Sometimes if you're in a situation where there's a hot ass referral, you'd be dumb not to even in, um, engage in that, right? You know, the coast is clear. Everybody knows each other. You're quite comfortable with each other. She approaches you. You're, you're in the same space as her. You have something in common. That's a different conversation, right? Warm lead, that's a judgment call. Cold approach as a strategy of approaching random women in public is not something that's going to be effective. We call it the spray and pray, and uh, it will allow you to actually learn how to speed date, I suppose, try to get as much information as you can out and overcome objections. It is a strategy, probably not the best strategy, but if you have no strategy at all, I guess hope is a strategy. It's a hope strategy at best, okay? He says, are you okay? I'm feeling all right. I, I'm not 100%, but we'll see. Stony Montana, every coach gang member has at least 5% pookie in their DNA. And there's pookie. I, I agree. I absolutely <laughs> Why we got to be pookies? I think everybody has pookie in their family. We all have pookie in our blood. We all were a pookie at some particular point. Shout out to J-A-B. He says, Freddie Lyman had those five women you described. Shout out to you. I got to check on that. The five women I described by Freddie Lyman. All right. Is that what it was? Yeah, man. I think you. I think it's a necessity for a certain part of your life. Right. But, you know, sometimes you got to clear the deck. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, what do we got here? We got uh, Manuel. Shout out to you. He says, uh, yeah, even white guys got Pookie in them. You know, all white folks got trailer park trash in their family. Right? They all got some people. They all got some family members they don't want to invite to the to the picnic. You know, the real picnic. They want to invite to their backyard barbecue in their gated community. You know, everybody has family members that they are embarrassed about. Yep. And and they might be the family they might be the embarrassment of their family. Guys don't realize even white folks got stiff competition to succeed. And uh, sometimes you are the black sheep. You know, they have a thing called black sheep. White folks call it the black sheep, right? Of course, it's the black sheep, right? But they said, you, we're, we're the black sheep of the family. Yep, somebody just said it, the black sheep. That's what they call it. And sometimes, it, dude, I, I actually had a quick story time. Manuel says, here's your espresso, coach. Thank you. Um, I had a story about a family that I knew uh, that was very wealthy. And uh, I think there were three siblings or at least maybe four siblings. The one sibling I knew was an entrepreneur, very successful. Took them some time, went through some bankruptcies, uh, went through some tough times. They, they took the alternative route, but they were successful. But the other three siblings were very like a blue pill matrix, right? Doctor, lawyer, that type of thing. But the entrepreneur was probably somewhat wealthier, somewhat wealthier. But, you know, entrepreneurs are not exactly cash wealthy. They just take risks and they double down, they reinvest. But they, they are wealthy. They made, they, they made it, but it's not exactly stable. So the entrepreneur is the black sheep. When it comes to that, when it comes to families like that, the entrepreneur is the black sheep. When you have three people that are plugged into the matrix and they went to school and got the education, they became a doctor, lawyer, and then you have the entrepreneur guy, the entrepreneur guy is the black sheep. Yeah, you're the one that did it different. Uh, you're the one that they watched to see fail. You're the one that told they told you don't do that, just go to school, and you did it and you didn't, but you still made it. You're the entrepreneur. Yeah, they flip houses and shit. They flip, stack, flip, stack, and they work like crazy. And people don't understand it. They're like, why don't you just work nine to five? Why don't you just be a teacher? Why don't you just be a college professor like me? And they don't make that much money compared to the entrepreneur. Like financially, the entrepreneur seems to be doing well, but he has to grind, hustle, and work on a Sunday. Oh, I can't come. I got to go to an open house. Or here's a real estate agent. They're the black sheep of the family. Yeah, he the black sheep. So anyway, man, it's weird. It is weird, 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 but what they're hoping is that the black sheep, that guy, that entrepreneur guy, they're hoping he ultimately fails because he's the black sheep. They're like, all right, he going to fail. He going to lose all his money in a housing crash, <laughs> and then he'll be stuck, and he'll need us then. <laughs> yeah, he owns, a, he owns a dispensary. He invested in a, uh, a farm to grow marijuana. He's the black sheep. It's actually crazy. So he's the pookie. All right. Uh, L, wait a minute. Ah, I think we're ready to get into the show. All right. Hold on for a second. That was from yesterday. It was from yesterday. All right. We do have one more. Shout out to Dennis B. He says, Mick, he says, mix equal parts rum, honey, and lemon juice a shot a day. And you'll never be sick again. Shout out to you. That's what they say. We got some witches brew in here. I appreciate it. I rarely get sick, and as a matter of fact, I battle through this, I believe. 
All right, I thought I had an oncoming flu episode coming, and as you guys know, with my schedule, I'm rarely under the weather, but I'm probably at 95% right now. I could be better. I'm at 95%. Little, my voice is a little affected, but we ready to rock. We're ready to rock with some doom and gloom. I want to rock, rock. All right, Doom and Gloom CGA is back in here. What do we got going on here? We got, uh, oh, that was the intro. We're ready to put up a little bit of here. So let me see here. Uh, Not too much Doom and Gloom today, but I do want to share this story. It says younger adults are upbeat about their financial future, even though many are struggling out here. Can't you get it through Uh-oh. your thick skull that I'm broke? Nope. Dead, flat, stony broke? Uh. I've got three all right, everybody sees right here. It says uh, people are optimistic. As long as you keep your head to the sky, you can win. You can win. As long as you keep your head to the sky. Yeah, my singing voice is terrible. It says young adults are surprisingly optimistic about their own financial future despite crushing crushing inflation and lingering fears of a recession when i start selling pussy i don't want to hear it it says a new study found that 80 percent of americans between the age of 18 and 34 are struggling and merely surviving financially but the vast majority 72 percent believe they will be thriving in five years and 79 percent expect to uh, get there in 30 years according to a study by Edward Jones in the MIT Age Lab new, 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 new Next order. 360, which polled 200 or 2,000 adults in that age group, or as we call it, age group. The study offered insight into what this cohort wants from their lives as they age and reveals that how personal financial advice could help them overcome the challenges they face in getting there. Now, interesting. Mm. All right, interesting. There it is right there. While some feel that they're just surviving, maybe barely keeping their head above water, they must feel deep down inside. I just need a few years. I need one break. I need... All right, cue the Eminem song. Okay, you better lose yourself in the music the moment you own it. You better never let it go, go. You only need one break. You're not Mr. Chance to lose. <laughs> All right. This opportunity comes. What's it? A lot of time. He says, I just need a few years. I need one break. Just one break in my life to finally pay off these student loans and these credit cards. Mm. Well, all right. There it is right there. Says Andrew Herzog, a financial planner at the watch group. If I just got the monkey off my back, I could finally really start climbing that ladder. All right, we have to give it to him, man. Let me just go ahead and give him a round of applause for being optimistic in a time where people are being really pessimistic. So shout out to them. Look at these youngins right here, man. They're going to make that change. They're going to look in the mirror. Shout out to them, man. I love it. Even with all this feminism, this liberalism, and these young girls wanting to terminate their babies, at least we have young people out here, 18 to 34. Maybe they're, maybe they're, Maybe they're not optimistic. Maybe they being just, maybe they just being uh, delusional. 
All right, what do you think about this, man? <laughs> what do you think about this? We, you know, we were once young. We were, yeah, we were young. We were young, young. We were once young, and we were optimistic. We were gonna have a better future than our boomer parents. All right, yeah. So, <laughs> what do you think, man? Our future is it right here? But despite their ambition and ambition and optimism, these adults face many challenges getting to where they want to be. These adults reported that basic living expenses and rising inflation are the biggest obstacle to achieving their five-year goals. Just 13% have paid off college debt. Only 31% have a retirement account. 57% have health insurance. And according to the study, nearly 20% have already been laid off from a job. For those who are planning to have kids or just had or have kids, healthcare Child care is incredibly expensive. Daycare for myself is about the cost uh, of my mortgage. And this is from a guy who works as a financial planner. And so there's a lot of to balance with cost of living wages. Haven't particularly been keeping up. It says right here, these groups of people saw their parents lose their jobs and homes. And so I think that having that experience really shapes the desire of this generation to create a solid financial foundation. It's not just about money. It's about having peace of mind and security. All right, let's give them a, hey, listen. <laughs> it is what it is. You know what I mean? Listen, hopefully, hopefully, let's just say the hope strategy says all they're depending on is hope. All right, they don't know about Bidenomics yet. They don't know how that Bidenomics is going to kick their monkey ass yet. But anyway. It is what it is. Hey, yes, uh, Rite Aid about the closed doors left and right. Man, we live in a very, very curious times. Uh, you guys don't see it. I thought you guys saw it on the screen. I think I took it down. I took it down. But uh, I will show and report that Rite Aid is taking a licking. Uh, filing for bankruptcy, closing stores left and right. Uh, this is kind of in the slump that I've been telling you about for the last year or so that we're going to go into a slump like this. Okay, this is just the normal course of action. We got a clean house. And there it is right here. Uh, Rite Aid uh, files for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. A lot of these people are going to uh, lose yobs right here. A lot of people are going to lose yobs when they start clo closing doors. Shout out to Rite Aid. It definitely played a part of my childhood. They used to be thrifty. Thrifties. <laughs> All right. What you have to do, man, you have to have a plan. And your plan cannot, cannot include optimism. Here's the key word that you have to understand when you're going forward in this economy. You better work, 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 work that shit, grind it out, find your talent, don't manifest shit. You got to, I, I cannot stand these people that come just manifest and believe and hope. No. Nah. They be like, pray. No, nah, ninja, I'm going to work. I'm not going to hope or pray. I'm taking my ass to work. So that's the only way out of it. And the people who stop for just one minute, stop in the work, all right? That's where you're going to lose. And, yo, plan on working to the end. Like, whatever it is, 65, I want to retire at 30 and do nothing with the rest of my life. Ninja, you're going you're gonna to die in a year. You're going to take your ass to work. You're going to work, and you're going to work, and you're going to work. Now, it ain't going to have to be back-breaking labor, but you're going to work. That's what you're going to do, especially if you're a man. If you're a woman, you can start an OnlyFans or sell some puss. I mean, that's... When I start selling pussy, 
I don't want to hear it. Yeah. You know, that's always, there's always that. Or you can find a man or get married or lay down for somebody. There's always that. So women typically will take their foot off the gas. Well, I don't have to work that hard. Why do I have to work? I am sexy. I am sexy. And they'll just go ahead and I'll just get married. I'll just, I'll just find a man. I'm not broke. As the saying goes, I'm not broke. I'm just dating the wrong men. Well, men, you don't have that option. You can't just go out in the corner. I mean, you can, but I wouldn't suggest it. Ninja, you got to take your ass to work. For real. Ninjas be like, but it's unfair. Gentrification. Dermication. Redlining. Speaking of... <coughs> um, well, excuse me there. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm not 100%. All right, here we go right here. Speaking of gentrification, uh, the white liberals are at it again. Let's go ahead and take you to this clip right here. Uh, apparently, <clears throat> there's an area in West Philadelphia where Will Smith was born and raised. All right, uh, West Philadelphia, born and raised. Uh, there's an area in Philadelphia uh, this summer that they discovered was for sale, a two-block area in Philadelphia with uh, 105 bedrooms. They're selling a parcel. They're selling a parcel of land for $7 million. And so this black TikToker gets a hold of it, and they did a little trace history to determine that this is an area that went through several ethnic uh, ethnic uh, uh, moving in and out, I guess you would call it migrations, if you will. But now they're trying to clean up the neighborhood. And so we hear this buzz term, gentrification, which most of the time it gets a negative effect. All right, they tell you gentrification, uh, gentrification is a bad thing. Most of the time when you hear gentrification, it's attached to blacks. But that's not necessarily true. There's cases in which the L.A. Dodgers stadium in the 1950s was being bought when the Brooklyn Dodgers moved to Los Angeles. And they played in the Coliseum, I believe, for a long time. And then they're going to move to a new stadium, which they call uh, Dodger Stadium. But it's in Chavez Ravine. Chavez Ravine was a well-known place where... Uh, people, uh, Latinos and Hispanics dwelled, but it was a poor area in the back. It was almost kind of tucked away, sight unseen, where no man went. But what they did was they wanted to build the stadium, so they had to move these people out. It was more or less gentrification, but more force forcing people out of their area. But I've seen this happen in Maui. It's not just necessarily happening to blacks, but it definitely does happen to minorities a lot. One of the reasons it happens is because uh, people will abandon the area in terms of keeping the area clean. It will be downtrodden. That could be crime because of the uh, poverty in the area. And then what will happen is over time, people will see value in it. They will want to invest in it. And then they will want to bring in new stores. New, they'll see opportunity because everything will be dirt cheap. And of course, when they see opportunity, it's time to move some people out of there. And then over time, the rents will rise and so forth. So there's positive effects, meaning that there's investment opportunities. There's going to be more jobs and, and all of these things. But the negative is that there's people that are going to be displaced. Okay. Now, this video kind of goes over that, which I tell you, gentrification is inevitable if you have people that are looking to make a dime. And there's very tough opportunities for uh, people to find a happy medium. In fact, in Los Angeles, Inglewood, for example, Inglewood, I knew since the 1980s that had the forum in Hollywood Park. It was a racetrack, race area. At the time, in the 80s, Inglewood, a lot of the whites that remained there, they simply left by the mid-80s. And then you had a lot of blacks and, and Hispanics in that area because Lenox and Hawthorne were the border cities. 
Well, what happened was the football stadium was going to be built right there, right at the Hollywood Park racetrack. So they got rid of the racetrack, and and th- this took this was like thirty five years. Uh, the Inglewood was a downtrodden downtrodden area. Nobody did anything. The only people that owned it were people like slumlords, but nobody had any inclination. Which means the citizen that lived there, nobody took an opportunity to buy when it was low. So there was a lot of crime, a lot of stuff like that. Now today. The SoFi Stadium, $5.5 billion stadium sits right there in Hollywood Park. The Forum sits there, and down the street, they're building the Clippers basketball arena. What's happening is the prices of rent are going up. People are trying to rezone, redistrict a whole bunch of uh, commercial property, rental properties, and people are going to get pushed out. That's just how it goes. So the problem is there's opportunities for people to invest. There were opportunities over 35-year period for you to get your situation right and invest in your own community. It didn't happen. Then people saw, or they actually maintained some of the properties that they had long-term. They had a long-term investment. Then they saw an opportunity to do what? Raise the rents and also also sell their long-term investment now that there's a new stadium here. See, these are the things that happen all the time. And then people become victimized by it. They say, well, they're going to push out the poor. But the problem is, you were there for 35 years and did nothing. You were there for 35 years. Now, there's some other tragic things that happen that this video is going to acknowledge. They're going to say people intentionally bomb the area. Uh, they're chilling, trying to intentionally drive the minorities out. Where, what side do you want to stand on? What side do you want to stand on? Like, do you want to stand on being the victim and say that I've been here for 35 years and I did jack shit to improve the area? To invest, I did nothing. I missed the window. Or do you want to say, hey, look, this is an opportunity for to get in and make a difference for myself. So um, the conversation is quite bleak. All right, what you're going to do about it? The reality is you're not going to do any damn thing about it, right? There's too much money. So here it is right here, gentrification video. I love to share these topics because, yeah, I think they're important. But let's see their take on it, and uh, we'll go from there. Your neighborhood for sale in West Philadelphia, and something about this just does not sit right with me. As a Philadelphian, I had to look closer into this. And there is, in fact, a $7 million, 35 property portfolio for sale in West Philly. All 35 properties are located in this one area called Cobbs Creek. And if you're familiar with Philly, you know that this is already a neighborhood that has had some devastating dark history associated with it. These 35 properties are all single family homes, and the listing says they're all occupied. Median household income in Cobbs Creek is only $35,000. And with the median household of 3.5 people, that's not a lot. It- I mean, as you can see, this happens a lot. So as you can see here, um, I've been to Philadelphia in this area, I believe. And as you can see, they're building up some nice uh, residential properties that are going to go for sale for, uh, you know, that $7 million investment definitely going to turn around uh, significantly. And you're going to be able to sell off those parcels to people who want to live in a cleaner area. And again, gentrification often gets a negative word about it, but it's actually there's positives to it. Right, it's negative for the poor, but what what somebody acknowledged is poor people moved in when the neighborhood was doing well. Right, that's what we don't understand is that it wasn't downtrodden when the poor got there. It got it, it became downtrodden when the poor got there. So when the poor people moved in, I, let me see if I can reflect for phrases. When poor people moved in, it was a good area. Mm. <laughs> right, but then. They people saw poor people move in and they got the hell up out of there and then they left it 
to the poor and the poor actually just caused it to devalue itself. Right. But listen, there's some racism attached to that as well, but that's neither here nor there. Let's continue right here. Here we go. It also means that this 35 property parcel is probably home to about 100 mostly low-income Philadelphians. The listing says these rents are undervalued in this red-hot neighborhood. Basically, it means that people have been living in these homes for some time and the landlords have not been able to raise the rents as much as they want. As Sierra points out, it would be great if some of these people were given the opportunity to buy their homes, especially considering how the city of Philadelphia has treated this neighborhood over the years. You might have guessed I'm referencing the 1985 MOVE bombing. The MOVE was part of a black power movement in a standoff, the Philadelphia police dropped two C4 bombs on this house, which ignited a massive, massive fire. It's shocking to say that this happened in the 80s, but Philadelphia firefighters were actually told to stand down and not fight these flames. 250 people were left homeless, two city blocks were destroyed, and worst of all, 11 people died, including five children. All right, so there, there's the attachment there. I'm not sure if that's a direct attachment to that. They're, they're talking about an incident that happened there. It, did it happen on those city blocks that they're now selling or is that in the that is that down the street we don't know i can't really tell what she was talking about there but there's where the racism is going to be the attachment right there so that's when people are going to say the tulsa bombing the move bomb and they intentionally drove the blacks out of this area by bombing it intentionally you know there's some there's some there's some there's some legitimacy to stories like this and then there's also some conspiracy to it um and then that was in 1985, but also it's now 2023, Ninja. Right? It's 2023. What? Where do you explain the gap between the last 40 years? Fat, you know, I mean, that's 40 years ago. So what could have happened in the last 40 years? You had how many, how many celebrities are from Philadelphia that could have actually took advantage of that? They probably on the side of the gentrification. If you look at uh, Steph Curry and them, so you got Kevin Hart's from Philadelphia, Meek Mills from Philadelphia, Jill Scott's from Philadelphia. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of all the Philadelphian type ninjas that are there that could have really just helped help the situation if they knew the history. But now, you know what I mean? Listen, ninjas be late to let's just say this. You late to the party. Just call it what it is. You late to the party again. But y'all did was y'all was doing the stanky leg and y'all was doing, you know what I mean? Y'all was it's one of it's one of the things that I often say, look, just say, just say you was late to the party. All right, anyway. Because <laughs> you didn't see value in the neighborhood. All it takes is one person to see value. And I, that person didn't bomb the neighborhood 40 years ago. They did not. Will Smith, yeah, Will Smith is from West Philadelphia. D.L. Hugo, yeah, Benny Siegel. Oh, yeah, Bill Cosby. Isn't he from Philly? Gilly the Kid. So there's just way too many people that could have been on the side of let's see value. Let's keep it here. Let's keep the poor people here. Let's rehab. You didn't see the value. They let it slip through their hands. And then they're going to come out after the fact to virtue signal um, and say, hey, you know what? They're doing this. Well, you could have done it, too. Could have done it, too, and you missed it. So that's we, we can't just say that 40 years ago they bombed it and then nobody else had an opportunity to get after it in the last 40 years. Nah, I'm not going to go for that. I'm not, can't go for that, Kobe Bryant. Too many, too many. All right, uh, let's get on with some straggle and sniggle theater here. Wait a minute, let me do the doom and gloom outro.
All right, Doom and Gloom outro. Let's go straggle and sniggle theater. Hey. With me, if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the five sticky. Come get high with me, that's a deal, right? Straggle and Sniggle Theater, we're back in here. We got a couple straggles here, and since it's Tuesday, let's give you a sister that's gonna qualify for the Gradita category right here. This sister right here, what in the hell is going on here? Like, people ain't got no shame out here. See what happened here. Okay, what's going to happen here? All right, I already know, man. I already know. Let me give her the... All right, let's play it. Forget fine. Step one. Wait, let me go back. It says what? Watch her get fine. All right, watch her. Let's go. Watch her get fine. Step one. Always keep the area dry before applying the magic tape. Before applying chaotic meditate, you must keep the area dry. Step two, always start at the bottom of the stomach. It's 10 times better starting at the bottom. It's much easier starting at the bottom and work your way around. Okay? Step three, always double tape. Do not put one thin roll on your stomach and expect longevity. It's not going to happen. You want to be it on for at least five days because you get your best results, okay? Step four. Oh, Jesus. Always keep the tape dry when you apply the tape, okay? That's the must, must, must. Always keep the tape dry when you take a shower if you can put saran wrap over your tummy before getting into the shower that's a plus putting saran wrap over just so you would not have to air blow dry when you get out because you get it wet you must blow dry okay step five if you feel any type of irritation on your skin while this magic tape is on take it off because you are the friction is causing irritation on your skin if you start to itch or anything that means that it's moisture that's settled in and it causing the um it's causing your skin to itch step six when it's time for you to take this tape off always use some type of oil taking the tape off never take the tape off because you can rip your skin by taking the tape off and you do not want that to happen Step seven, get fine, stay fine, and baby, once you take it off, you can let your skin heal for like four days, and then you can put it back on. But at the end of the day, it's all about staying fine, so that's what we're trying to do is stay fine and, baby, get fine for the whole Oh, man, I just, oh, man, you know? And then she would come over with that wrap on, too. She come over and eat and want to go on a date with that wrap on. And then all of a sudden, I'm up in the bedroom. I start taking off her shirt. And she's like, oh, I got this wrap on. I can't take it out for five weeks. And I can't get it wet. It's why you at my house then. Why you at my house? But look, man, all these shortcut-ass people, man, look, just just go on a diet, right? Change your nutrition. Uh, go jogging. I mean, there are all the things you could possibly do that, no, nah, man. I don't think that tape is going to do anything. And then five weeks... I'm supposed to wrap myself in saran wrap. How many inches you think she about to lose with that tape? How many inches you think she about to lose with that tape? Okay, but um, this this is this is where we're going with things, and uh, it is what it is. By the way, they turned the comments off on that video. I probably know why. All right, straggle with Sniggle Theater. Next video, we have uh, a young person who's uh going to. 
piss off a boomer. Let's just call it what it is. Let's take you to it. Very short video. Here we go. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just tired today, man. Tired from what? You ain't done shit. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just tired today, man. Tired from what? You ain't done shit. Yeah, <laughs> listen, man. You know, you ever run into a boomer like that? I'm going to be that old boomer. I got an old soul. We be like tired. <laughs> Kids be like, I'm bored, dad. Bored? What? You bored? Oh, we going to make you unbored real quick. You ain't done shit out here. You ain't done. And the boomer done sat there and watch you ain't done shit all day. And then you be like, I'm tired. Hey, boomers believe you can't be tired. Ninja, they be like, you ain't tired. Not not what I had to do. You didn't realize what I had to do all day? Hell no. Tired my ass. All right. You want some tired? <laughs> right? Yeah. You've been on the internet trolling all day. You tired. You've been on your ass playing video games. You tired. All right. You know what tired is? You don't know what tired is. You ain't got the right to be tired. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he a sniggle too. And uh, bo- he an old boomer. He might be silent generation because, you know, them ninjas got dressed even on Saturday. They got they got they got dressed on Saturday like this generation right here. They go to work and where they work outfit, they work uniform Monday through Friday. They wear their blue khaki suit all day grinding, working on the railroad. They come back Saturday morning. They dressed up like this to rake leaves in their front yard <laughs> to go to the pharmacy to go get a go get their prescription and a, and, and some milk. <laughs> yeah. They dress collar shirt and slacks. Walk outside with their black socks on. All right, and the only way they relax their outfit is when they went outside, they went inside, they took that shirt off and it was a wife beater. And they tucked it in with their slacks and they had their black shirt socks on. Silent generation. They got dressed every day. Sunday, they got Sunday's best. Sunday, all the stores closed. You going to church, put on your best shit. (laughs) Put on your best clothes, all right? Put on your church clothes. Be getting dressed up. You got your hat. Not a cap. You got your hat. Put your Old Spice. You ever get them Old Spice? You get the little bottle. You potting it, patting it. Put they old spice on. Walk outside, man. Dressed, ready to go, shaved up, all that shit. Back in the day, even the bums were dressed up. See, y'all don't even remember this. Because y'all don't see this today. Even the bums had respect. When, they, when you see bums in front of the store, I remember when I lived in the Midwest. And we had bums in, the, in front of the store. They had suits and coat jackets on. They had coat jackets and slacks, bums, homeless, alcoholics. Like they were still dressed up. <laughs> they came, and that was in the that was in the early 80s. There were some homeless dude. There were some bums that used to stand out front of the store and they would wear, they had on sport coats. You're like, yo, like, hold up for a second. Where was the Andy Griffith bum? Well, he wasn't a bum. He was just a drunk. Andy Griffith, uh, let me see here. Andy Griffith. Let me see. What would they call him? A bum, bum, or he's a he was the drunk. Let me see what the drunk guy was. I'm gonna show you what drunk guys look like back in the day. The bums, the alcoholics, the drunks. 
they would be bummy and drunk and they would still be dressed up like this. <laughs> That's that was in the 80s. They still have a sport coat. They shit would be disheveled just a little bit. They tie would be all jacked up. It wouldn't even you'd be like, damn, he bummy. Otis. Otis get drunk and just check himself in. All right, I'm in checking myself into the tank. Yeah, the hobo. The hobos would be they'd be dressed up like this. I remember that when I was a kid. I used to see this one dude. He was really bad. Like he must have just been on the early form of crack or alcoholism. He was really bad. He'd be up in there stuff. I used to wait. I think he fell on me one time as a kid. He traumatized the shit out of me. Like I think I came up on a bike one time and the ninja fell on me. He'd be slobbering. I think that ninja fell on me one time. All right, but he used to be dressed up. Now he wasn't clean. He was obviously been outside all day. But he wasn't clean. He didn't have a clean suit on, but he had a suit on. Not, well, it wasn't a suit. He had a sports coat and slacks. He kind of looked like this. He was a black guy, though. He was a black guy. All right, so anyway, <laughs> that used to be, yep, got the 5 o'clock shadow. Yep, Fred Sanford. Uh, it was, there used to be a time where people had dignity and respect for their appearance. This is why a lot of older people, you know, we still can't get over the fact that women are dressing in yoga pants. As you can see, that's still a point of contention. And understandably so, the generation that wears yoga pants, they have no context. They have no context. We're like, we're like, you got your ass hanging out and I can see your peace sleeve knuckle and the roast beef. And we can see all the form of your legs. Well, you have to understand, we didn't, we weren't prone to see something like that on the regular. And the girls that did that, you can easily label them. Now, we did have biker shorts, but biker shorts weren't worn every day. It wasn't worn every day. That wasn't what they did. In fact, even tights or leggings or shorts like that were worn under shorts. So even though they existed, not many women just wore it out to go to the mall or the grocery store. They were, they were worn, but not on a daily basis, not as an attire, not as a piece of constant attire where they had 18 biker shorts. It would be something you wore at a dance, a school dance, like a, a ninth grade dance or something, 10th grade dance. It wasn't something that people were just going to wear out as athleisure. So this is what we're doing now. This is why, you know, even for me, I'm approaching 50 where attire was a thing. Matter of fact, I'll show you a couple other things now that we're talking about this. I don't even know why we're talking about it. Um, in the 1950s going into the 60s, if you look at baseball fans, baseball games, they wore full-on suits. They Like, they were dressed up, the fans. And you got to think, man, this is the summer. <laughs> this is the summer. You guys know it's hot as fuck at a baseball stadium. Hot as fuck. This is the summer, right? And these ninjas got on hats and goddamn dress shirts and slacks. <laughs> Yo. And the ladies got, look at this lady right here. There's one lady here. She got on a full coat. And look at the, the ninjas. The ninjas got on hats and slacks. Like, this is the summertime. Holy shit. Like, we go in T-shirts and barely anything and then they're baking in the hot-ass humidity and shit. Now, here's the reality of it. Um, a lot of people dress like this for dignity, and also it protected you from the sun. So we do the opposite. We want to expose ourselves to the sun, vitamin D, and all these other reasons, but then skin cancer are all, all this, right? It don't matter if you was watching the Negro League game. I'm going to show you black folks, too. 
It didn't matter if you was watching the Negro League or what they call white baseball. It doesn't matter. People was dressed up to go see the game. That's how far we've fallen in terms of uh, representing ourselves as uh, people, right? Let me show you this one right here. This is, uh, let's see what this one is. It's a crowded, it says crowded baseball stadium. Uh, here it is right here. You can barely see the photo. Crowded baseball stadium. They had a baseball game. Look at this. Look at this. These ninjas in suits. Shit. <laughs> they in suits and hats. So when you see the generation difference where people are like, these girls walking through the airport with bonnets and slippers and ninjas walking with they ass out. Or you see people just not even making, a, uh, making an effort. This is the generational gap. And what you, call, um, what you call traveling, traveling used to be seen as a privilege. Traveling was for privilege. So when you traveled, it was something you got dressed for. You were like, wow, we're traveling on the airplane. But now we take it for granted. We're like, all right, we got to go to Kansas City, jump on the plane. And ninjas and, and, and young people will come in their pajamas. <laughs> they come in their pajamas. You guys got to realize that is a great leap for a lot of people. That is, that's a great leap. That's like, what happened to us as a people here? What happened to us? I'm going to see in the 1980s, I remember you went to the airport, you dressed up. 1980s travel. That was in the 80s. See here, travel dress. That was in the early 80s going on the airplane. Like people were dressed the fuck up. You was dressed up to go on the plane. Who can't remember that? Let me see here. But um, yeah, people are different. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's quite different. Uh, I can't find any good photos. But uh, anyway, travel was seen as a privileged activity. It was seen as something that not poor people did. So you dressed apart. Yeah. Now, because discount airline prices and Southwest and Spirit, anybody can travel on plane now. Anybody can travel on the plane. So, yep. Now people don't care. Now you have athleisure, athleisure, and then even worse, which would be pajamas, you know, revealing attire. And they had a black woman recently. They had a black woman recently supposedly had her whole ass out. I don't know if I can show it on YouTube, but she was at the airport. Let me see if I can find a picture. I don't know if I can show it on YouTube. Did anybody show that video? They had a black woman in the airport security line, allegedly with no pants on. And nobody said nothing. Let me see if I can see it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'll show you right here. So this is allegedly... Uh, the woman here, see me, it says, I don't know if she had on tights. I couldn't tell. But they're saying that she had her ass out. So that's that's the photo right there. So right here, you see she's in the security line. This is this is how far we've fallen. And it looked like she had like a leotard on, but but it looks like she has some leggings on, but nobody can really tell. But even if, she, let's just say she had like some, not even leggings, she had some black brown shorts on. I, I see black booty out here. I see black booty. So I think her ass is out. Look, even if she has some brown shorts on, this is completely inappropriate. This is, at, look, at, look at this woman right here. Look, she like, oh, the humanity. You see it? 
This is where we say the difference between class and no class. Class is a thing. I'm a classist. This is the reason I'm a classist because people will make, they, they'll make this about race. And I'm like, nah, this is class. This is low class shit. So I believe in class. And it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, having class gives you dignity. It doesn't matter the dollar amount. It doesn't matter. We're not talking about middle class, lower class, uh, elite class. We're talking about class behavior. Poor people tend to have no class, tend to, and nobody can say nothing. So that's an example we're talking about. Example where we're talking about as a society, we've regressed, we've degraded ourselves to the point where people push the envelope way too far. You let you let one piece of outfit go, and then nobody can say nothing. I can wear what I want, and then it eventually goes there. It eventually goes there, and now you can't you can't reel it back in. Remember, you cannot reel things back. You cannot take it backwards. So once you've opened up the Pandora's box, that's why people were like, we can't we can't allow these things. Once you open that Pandora's box, that's where you get. I mean, even if she had a pair of brown shorts that are mixing into her skin, it still is greatly inappropriate. All right, we still on Straggle Sniggle Theater here. We do have uh, this guy, an old guy. Interesting message. He seems to be an older guy living the free agent lifestyle. Uh, this is a guy. His name is Char- Charles Watts, or maybe Charles from Watts, California. And listen to his message here. Now, my name is Charles Lloyd. And, uh... Wait, wait, you don't have the mic yet. <laughs> How old are you, Charles? 73. What are you most passionate about? Women. Do you have family? Yes, I do. I got two girls and a boy. Do you see them a lot? No. Do you wish you saw them more often? No. Why is that? I enjoy the solitude. It's not until you reach a certain stage in your life where you realize, I've done this, 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 and that. I've been around the world, so what's left? Is there anything that you're like, I still haven't done that one thing. Yes, there's one thing I have not done. I've not lived in the south of France, and I'm doing that soon. Not many people would want to make a move like that. What do you think it is about you that makes you want to do it? The sad part about getting older, friends you have, they die. So your world gets smaller if you stay in one place. So living alone allows me to think about what I want to do and where I want to go and actually who I want to be. When I grow up, <laughs> he said, when I grow up, why they be putting that goddamn music in the video? Then they give me a copyright. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, but interesting thing here in the comments, boy, they was going in on this video. They were going in. So this is a viral video. And if you want to be a content creator, if you go viral, just know half of your comments going to be full of hate because normies are going to get to it. So there was a lot of hate on this comment, on this commentary and a lot of support for the guy as well. But um, the guy's in his 70s, he said the one thing that's on his mind is women. Uh, obviously, you don't want to be there, but it is what it is. At least he's healthy with it. Then he's also saying that he has children, which he says children, but people take that as kids, and they're thinking he's a deadbeat, right? He a deadbeat. He don't care about his kids. Well, let's just do the math. He's 73. His children probably got, his children are probably 40 or 50. Okay, they his children are probably grandchildren, uh, grand grandparents. So when he says kids, he's already past the point of providing for them. But black folks, y'all addicted to child support and deadbeats. It's either you guys want the dad to be a deadbeat at all cost. 
and you guys are really traumatized by this and you think just child support is just going to solve the problem. That's supporting your kids. And this type of terrorism is absolutely, I can't help you black people, man. I tell you, man, you guys are absolutely ignorant when you come to these subject matters. So they're painting him as a deadbeat, but he's 73. His kids are probably 40, right? Pushing 50 at this point. And they're calling him an unsupportive father. I mean, the comments are absolutely disgraceful, but you don't even know how much contact he's had with these, with his kids, his children, meaning he could have been there supporting them all along. And he says, I'm looking for solitude. I'm looking for solitude. I've done there. I've been there. I've done that. I have grandkids. I'm a great granddad. I'm ready to move to the South of France. He's ready to be a free agent. He probably is married or a widower. Right. He's probably ready to divorce his wife and move to the South of France before he hit the Undertaker bill over there. All right. So he's trying to live out the last few things that bring him happiness and peace. <laughs> right, Happiness and peace. And there he is right there. Yeah. His children got children at this point. And it potentially might be his children got grandkids. But first thing they heard was, oh, you don't want to be around your kids. Deadbeat. He just wants peace, quiet and freedom. And who's to say? He hasn't been treated as a, uh, uh, an object or a utility all the way up until these years, right? He's had a wife to take care of. He got his kids to adulthood. He got his kids to have kids. He's done it. What else does he need to do? He doesn't even be around his kids all the time. They probably live next door. They probably barely just moved out of his house. So he's like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of here. Let me out. Give me freedom. At least let me live a couple of years without being a utility. So there he is right there. He says, I want him to live in the South of France. And he want to put some hands on some hips. He wants, he wants peace, quiet, and freedom. He done. <laughs> That's what I got out of it. Yep, he's tired of being a walking wallet. He's tired to be, hi, dad, I need some help. He's tired of that bullshit. He's gone. He wants to just go live in the South of France. That's it. Let this ninja go and live in the South of France. Let him go put hands on some young hips. All right, but people do not. I I honestly believe people cannot want. They don't want to see men happy. They don't want to see men happy at all. They don't want you to want women. They don't want you to want any goddamn thing out of life, but just sitting there being a utility. It's weird. It's weird behavior until you. Get to the free agent lifestyle and say, I don't owe anybody anything. I don't owe anybody anything. Everything I gave you, you lucky I gave you. Now I'm ready to go. And a lot of guys, you need to realize this early on in life. God bless the men that have become passport bros and said, I'm going to chase my life that I want to live and have left America. Do you realize how hard that is? It's a hard decision to make and there's trade-offs. God bless those guys. They, they don't realize it. People do not want to let men live one happy day of their life at all. Let him live his life. I'm pretty sure he'd earned it. But let me show you comments when he talked about, uh, people were talking about him and his kids. Okay, let me see here. Then people called him an, a gentleman. Somebody said this is the perfect short interview. Uh, here we go. Uh, there is somebody called him creepy for wanting to like women weird man people are weird he says damn charles said fuck them kids <laughs> see again they're saying kids right here it says right here so many people are hating on this man for no reason he's 73 
and has adult children. You can't assume he wasn't there for them as kids, that he was a womanizer or that he has a sad life based on this 30-second video. He said he's passionate about women. Why not? And it says maybe that means he likes to talk and get to know women and blah, blah, blah. His children are adults. Maybe he's content with the job he did raising a family and doesn't want to be a burden on top of enjoying his solitude. Some people like to be alone too. Just because he enjoys his solitude doesn't mean he is sad. Everyone has an opinion. See, people think that men, when they want to be alone by themselves, that they're going to be sad. And that's mostly women, mostly women that think like this. Okay. Uh, but uh, a lot of people think that um, uh, people want to just live out sitting there with their grandkids at their lap. Ninja, fly to me. I mean, listen, I can fly into you twice a year. But yeah, people are like, nothing like this, res nothing, this doesn't resonate with me. It says right here, nothing about this resonates with me. If he has children, more than likely he has grandchildren, you can almost guarantee. He says, this is, that is, you engage his children, you will hear openly speak. I don't know if this is actually chopped up Ebonics. I can't really it's a response about women says that all too many men abdicating their responsibility as fathers and grandfathers. What? Mm. What? Abdicating responsibility. See? That, there's an example right there. It says, that is you engaged his children. That's what he said. You will hear openly speak about him and their relationship or lack thereof. I hear selfish and disconnected from his family. You see this? Dude, you live to 73 and you a deadbeat. <laughs> what responsibility as a grandparent? What, what responsibility do you have as a grandparent? What? To wait until your, your, your children need a babysitter? He's supposed to be a grandpa every day. He's supposed to just sit here, bring the grandkids over every day. Damn, he's 73. Let this ninja live at least. He says right here, responsibility as a father and grand. The ninja 73. <laughs> man, people are really, really bad with this ability. Let can, I, can a man live? Can a man live? Somebody said, totally made my day. I love this. Says right here. I get he's nice, but passionate about women. Doesn't want to see his kids because he enjoys the solitude. Something sounds off. I mean, I'm sure my dad thought the same thing when he never came back. Wow. People really do not want to see you out here living your best life. And when it comes to men, you're a constant utility. How you at 73, suppose you a deadbeat granddaddy. Yeah, I just thought about that, Joe. You a deadbeat granddaddy. Wow. Guys, the, the importance, this is what tells you the free agent lifestyle is really, really a change from what they see men as. Do me a favor. Right. They see you only as kind of, you're just a utility. You're just to be used. You're just there. You're just going to be responsible at all time to the day you die. To the day you die. And if you as so much as not do what you're supposed to do 
at any point of your parents parentage one mistake as a father one mistake you're a deadbeat and black men at that black men at that one mistake you a deadbeat or one perceived mistake he ain't even making a mistake you have one mistake you're disqualified you don't pitch a perfect game you don't pitch a shutout you don't you don't stop the defense from get, you don't stop the offense from getting in the end zone you don't lock the defense down and you give up a couple of layups deadbeat they just want you to be a damn slave. And then, of course, the man desires woman. He probably been with the same women for 50 years. And now she probably dead as a doorknob. He like, I can touch on some hips now. What's the problem? Now he can't have no pussy. <laughs> right? <laughs> he can't get no pussy. He can't get no piece of puss. He been with the same puss for 50 years. She dead. He can't get no more. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is crazy. One little setback, one little, you do one little move, they ready to pounce on you. Selfish. How you selfish at 73? This is crazy. Last video. <laughs> you can't get nothing. Man, this is crazy. Let's continue here. And you, dude, he literally did me a favor? all that he needed to do. And guess what? It wasn't enough. Let's hit the like button. Give me to a thousand likes. Here's a video here of... uh of uh, I would call it blue pill versus red pill. Now, this guy has a mask on. I'm not sure why he has a mask on. Maybe it's for content purposes. All right, but this guy is going to say red pill interview gone wrong. Let's play it. And watch this video. How much did you spend on our wedding ring? 35K. What does he get in return? I think I should answer that. So I, I, I get a partner that's loyal. Most important thing is how she treats me and how she treats my family and how she treats her family. Usually these types of interviews are generally done for the purpose of making women look stupid. But this one was super interesting because the interviewer was trying to dig around and see if this husband was your general Miami simp. But instead of falling into the trap, this guy demonstrates that he clearly makes the money necessary to afford this type of ring. And when the interviewer asks the wife what she brings to the table in order to deserve that ring the husband jumps in to answer the question but not in a simpy way he answers the question in a way that says hey man you're not going to disrespect my wife in front of me and he spells out how well she treats him how well she treats his family and how proud he is to have her as the future mother of his children this right here is true masculinity uh-oh uh-oh i see it coming right now i see what you're doing here true masculinity remember when you see the words real or true you automatically know they're trying to change the narrative. They're trying to change the narrative to fit what they want. And they don't fit into the narrative that they're trying to, to uh, attack. So they say real or true. Like the truly rich doesn't wear their wealth. Ninja, how would you know, bitch ass ninja? Like, how would you know? That's poor people talk. I never heard no rich people be around rich people and say, you know, the truly rich. Nobody say no shit like that. They might say old money or new money. But when you put that word true in front of it, you change the narrative. So a real man would do ninja. What? What? What do you mean a real man? <laughs> okay. And so now we got the true masculinity. All you did was change the narrative. All right. And change the narrative to a belief system you hold. Now you ain't describing masculinity. You're describing a man that's taking care of his responsibility, right? So that, but that ain't what you're going to term as masculinity and eliminate everything you don't like and cherry pick 
and then create your own definition. So when you hear true love and you didn't truly love her in true masculinity and real man and real masculinity, these, this is all changing the narrative to fit what you want. All right, so now we got this is the true definition. Of, nah, 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 nah. Because this guy has gotten his professional life in order. He's chosen a woman who he believes supports him so much so that he will defend her in public on camera without a moment's notice and do so in the classiest way possible. This is the kind of man you should look to emulate. Do yeah, this is this the type of man you should emulate as a, you know, this is a attack on what they perceive as red pill men who are not masculine, right? Don't don't follow those guys. They're, they're not true masculinity. And the video that he's breaking down had to do with I think what what happened was I wish I could find the real video. It's on the uh, Desirable Truth channel. All the guy did, all the guy did was uh, he said he paid an exorbitant amount for his wedding ring or engagement ring, and then an interviewer was trying to ask the woman, and then he cut her off. So the guy said, "Hey," basically the interview was like, "What you what do you bring to the table?" And then instead of her answering, the guy cut her off and said, "Listen." And he wasn't rude about it either. He was like, listen, I, I value what she brings. She's worth it, blah, blah, blah. Now, if I did some shit like that, they'd be like, you cutting her off. You mansplaining. Let her talk. <laughs> listen, let me go ahead and see if I can. Ah, I wish I could find the original video. That's what I should have done. I might be able to do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> All right, we'll do it live. The desirable truth. We'll try to do it live. Oh, there it is right there. Damn. It was in the search bar. Oh, okay. Damn. Okay. How long have you been together? We found it quick. All right. The desirable truth. Represent. Go try check out the channel. Four and a half years. No, five now. Well, yeah, I guess five now. Five years. Yeah. How much did you spend on our wedding ring? I mean, show it. I mean, go ahead. It, it, it's a decent amount. So if you look up like a three carat diamond, it's a decent amount I spent on her. But she deserves even more. Numbers wise, what are we talking? I mean, how much was it, 35K? Okay, so this is true masculinity, remember. This is the true masculinity. 35K, yeah. 35,000 bucks. So he spent that much on a wedding ring for you as a gesture. What does he get in return? I think I should answer that. Oh, there it is right there. There it is. All right, so there it is. And that was a respectful way to do it. And uh, again, I said it wasn't rude. He just says, I think I should answer that. Now... What he did was not allowed her. She didn't have no answer, first of all. <laughs> all right. So she didn't have an answer, which, which brings me, which oddly enough, why did the first guy not mention that? You know, she basic, he basically let her avoid the question. But of course, now, okay, he was the one who's investing in it. I would love to him to hear, hear his answer, but he asked her. And the guy politely, which I will say, he politely, he gentlemanly stepped in. It was a gentleman cut in. It wasn't rude. I think I should an answer that. This is what they're saying is true masculinity. Ah, mm. nah, ninja, no, uh, no. Okay, I, if it is, this is how she. This is how the relationship is going to go from there on out, right? I speak for her. She doesn't order her own food. Again, I'm not being brash. I'm just saying. Now, when it happens, when he orders her food. Because they'll be at a restaurant. He's going to order her food. And they're going to be like, you let this man order your food? Yep, because I paid 35 k for that investment. And I know what she's going to bring. And this is what she's going to eat. 
right? You see what I mean? That they're they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Let's hear what the rest of it was. I think I should answer that. <laughs> so I, I, I and she giggled. I get a partner that's loyal. I get the mother of my children. I get the most beautiful woman that I've ever you know been around and the most important thing is how she treats me and how she treats my family and how she treats her family so for me i have a partner for life and it's worth every investment there is oh what that mean i mean i let's let's i'll give him a round of applause i mean it was a good answer but this this is what he's calling true masculinity anybody agree that that's true masculinity right right remember the question is what is what does she bring to him and he answered his answer may not age well i mean it is what it is <laughs> it may not age well only time will tell we 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 hope for the best but that was nothing that that's what he's receiving from her but that's not what she's bringing that's what he hopes that she does and let's hope that she does that but only time will tell. And let's go back to the video. This guy says this is true masculinity. Okay. Do me a favor and watch this video. How much did you spend on our wedding ring? 35K. What does he get in return? I think I should answer that. So I, I, I get a partner that's loyal. Most important thing is how she treats me and how she treats my family and how she treats her family. Usually these types of interviews are generally done for the purpose of making women look stupid. But this one was super interesting because the interviewer was trying to dig around and see if this husband was your general Miami simp. But instead of falling into the trap, this guy demonstrates that he clearly makes the money necessary to afford this type of ring. And when the interviewer asks the wife what she brings to the table in order to deserve that ring the husband jumps in to answer the question but not in a simpy way he answers the not in a simpy way um it was a definitely not a, an experienced way because he's betting on something he's basically betting that she stays and then if he loses we know what happens if he wins he gets what he wants but it's a 50 it's a either way it's a toss-up the question in a way that says, hey man, you're not going to disrespect my wife in front of me. And he spells out how well she treats him, how well she treats his family, and how proud he is to have her as the future mother of his children. This right here is true masculine. Do you think, yo, that I don't agree with that. That's true masculinity. All I saw was hope strategy, but I, listen, I applaud him. Every married, I was once that guy. I mean, every married guy was that guy. Right, no married guy thought that the girl that he did this for was gonna do him dirty and, and run away from you. Right. So again, I don't look at that. This response is what he's saying is true masculinity. I don't see it. Again, he's redefining it because he could never be anything other than that. So let's redefine it. All right, that's Dragon What's the Nickel Theater. Hey. With me, if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the fast stick, you can get high with me. That's a deal, right? Let's get to these super chats, man. Thank you for the contributions. Let's get this show moving. Thank you for the contributions. We got our brother here. Mimit the second says, Gent, stock up on ammo. He says, The is it Hamadi? The Hamadi plant blew up, and Biden has ordered the Lake City plant. To stop ammo sales to civilians. Oh my goodness. New, 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 new and he says, order. Uncle Sam stocking up for war just left the stove and all the five, five, six ammo is gone. New, 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 new oh order. man, I need to go and actually I just went on the ammo run uh probably about a week or so ago. And I got me I got me something I could survive. But uh man, yeah, wow. 
Five times six is gone. Oh, more. What about two, two, three? All right. Uh, I need to stock up on. I, I'm, I'm good at nine. I need some 40 cal. Definitely need some shotgun shells. Uh, interesting. Wow. Thank you for letting us know. The emperor says, coach, my birthday was yesterday on the 16th and I went to work. Happy birthday, brothers. And he says, I took my ass to work. The normies asked me why. And I said, because money don't sleep. I'm 25 now and chasing the purpose that God gave me. Future billionaire in the building, coach, gang, yang. Yeah, people with this birthday stuff. Somebody asked me that recently. Like, what do you do for your birthday? I was like, I don't know, sing happy birthday. <laughs> they was like, I celebrate my birthday in my household. We celebrate our birthdays all month. Ninja, who got time for that? Who got time for this shit? Of course, it was a woman. And I was out at a game. And I'm sitting there like, bitch. I'm like, who gives a at what? Yeah, bitch. Yeah, who bitch. cares? Who, who, who has time for that shit? That's some female shit to do. I'm a man. Happy birthday. Moving on. <laughs> like what? I'm supposed to sit up there all month long. It's your birthday again. Day three. Day 14. All right, what I do is I get me a fine, long-legged creature. I get some ace of spades. I pour it all over her breast implants. And I degrade her in a way that she likes it. She leaves with a chunk of change and a pocket full, fistful of 20s. All right. I get a nut. I get to be with a top quality chica, a, a model chick. All right. And then I let her go home and then I go back to sleep. All right. Mm. Like what? He says women are children for real. I celebrate. We celebrate every day, every day, every, every day of the month is my birthday. Like Jesus. Man, who got time for that? Dude, I would be like, if somebody wanted to do that for me, I would be like, please do not. <laughs> Please do not. Tr don't do that. Don't do that. And it's just like the, the second day. At, <laughs> it's your birthday again. Oh, <laughs> like I don't acknowledge my birthday, man. I don't acknowledge events like that. Like I acknowledge it. Happy birthday. Okay, good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Open a couple of cards. Eat a dinner. It's over. It's over. Then I'm going to be up at the top of Caesar's Palace. With a long-legged creature. Playing her leg like the harmonica. <laughs> All right, here we go right here. Leave me the hell alone. I'm a guy that really is not, I'm not, uh, listen, I don't, I hate to sound like a, a Grinch or a hermit. I'm not like that with holidays. Now, I'll do it for other people because other people might be into it, like kids, my kids. I'll be like, hey, all right, here we go. But, nah, when it come to me, I, I don't see the hype. I don't see all the hype. Just just be like, it's your birthday. Thank you. But, uh, man, I'd rather be at work anyway. But maybe 50th birthday, 40th birthday, yeah. I could see a whole get down and go get loose and get drunk. But, no, I don't see that. But, yeah, man. <laughs> all right, that's what I'm doing. That's what I deserve, too. Shout out to Cali West Miami. The mayor in Do the Right Thing had a leisure suit on in 1988. Cypress Hill had a song called Ain't Got No Class because that bitch ain't got no class. Ain't got no class, indeed. Yep, the, major, the mayor had a leisure suit on. 
And he was just, you know, he probably didn't have a lot of money. For real. All right, but yes, I'm going to have me a, I'm going to have me a nice petite and so sweet. I'm going all out. I'm going to have her built like how I want it. Shout out to Deshaun Rose says, get well soon, coach. I know you, I know your Latino nurse is there for you. Yeah, I need her to come give me a pickup. And guys, I want people to understand, like people will push that on you. Well, you need to celebrate. Why? Like, shit, I already told you I don't want to celebrate. Like, it's your birthday. All birthdays should be celebrated for five days. I'm like, you're pushing that on me. It, that's not true. It doesn't have to be. You, that's what you want because you're a narcissist. <laughs> and you think you're super important. You the type of bitch that wear a crown on your birthday. You the type of, nah, it, ain't gonna, it don't need to be all that. Shout out to Kaylin. What's up, coach? I love when you play the Rick Patino soundbite about Larry Bird not walking through that door. This needs to be applied to the Patriots because Tom Brady ain't walking through that door. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door, and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. In, indeed. And my birthday falls on a Thursday. You need to go out and have a big steak. It's Thursday. I'm going to be at work on Friday. I'll hand it on the 20th. Mm. <laughs> All right. But Suzanne Summers recently died a day before her birthday. So let's give her the Undertaker bill. It is what it is. Kaylin says, I once saw a billboard in Inglewood as I was going to SoFi Stadium that says, Welcome to Inglewood, the Black Beverly Hills. I remember that sound. That sign. He says, Mayor James Butt is really pushing it as the place to be uh, like it was the 1980s when the Lakers were there. All right. So hopefully people can afford it, but the rents are going up. I remember that sign. You got to remember that sign. He said, the refs can't save you. Shout out to Patriots. It's good to see, man. It's been 20 years since the Patriots sucked. So every team has their time. Shout out to J.L. Bond. He says, Coach. Number one, you're not getting anything habitable in Philly for $35,000. He says the area for seven mil is at least 10 miles from the move bombing. So they, so, so they misled us. So he says you're not getting anything habitable for 35K. Do you mean 350K? But then he said this, the area of the $7 million that we played before is 10 miles from the move bombing. So I already knew. So thank you for filling me in on that one. See, that's that old race bait and shit. And he says, number three, Kenny Gamble is the only one who had the forethought to buy prime Philly real estate when it was dirt cheap. And don't not sure who Kenny Gamble is, but thank you for filling me in. You, I always look at these stories when they do stuff like this. I'm like, they're trying to, they're trying to race bait or, or do something like this. And uh, if you missed this part of the show, we were talking about gentrification. And so we we're talking about an area in West Philadelphia and uh, that they're doing, they're, they're selling this entire two block square, uh, square uh, mile, I think it's square blocks. But um, they're trying to sell this to $7 million. People are making this a case for gentrification. All right, and it's unfair. All right, but then this guy with knowledge says it's 10 blocks away. That's what I thought. I was like, they're trying to act like that's the area they're selling. Bullshit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for um thank you for clearing that up. 
I appreciate that. That's great inside information, man. Shout out to y'all. They trying to get you to gaslight. Then they got you on there, these uh, internet activists talking shit that they don't know about. Gamble and Huff. All right, the Finley sound. Thank you, brother, for that. I appreciate that. Greaseman Texas says advice for the day. He says, choose who you associate with wisely, not just women. It will make or break your future and productivity. Thanks for all that you do, brother Greg. I appreciate you, Greaseman. And stay on that hustle and grind. You know, think of your life as a long-term, uh, your long-term plan and plan accordingly, plan in, by quarters of your life, divide your life in four quarters and, uh, you know, make long-term decisions, man. And one more thing, if you've done enough for the people in your life, never feel like you got to do more. This is your life. If they can't hack it or hang, or if they want to use you as a utility because there's some sort of uh, alliance or perceived loyalty, what you supposed to do this? Like, I think, I think a lot of people think you're supposed to take care of your ex-wife regardless. You should want to see her do well. Ninja, in what world or realm does that make sense? And not in my world or realm. I've heard people say that. Well, she had your kids, and so you should want to see her do well. What the kind of sense does that make? That's actually dumb as hell to me. I'm going to just let you know. I ain't never going to do that, right? Like, that's stupid. But they'll say, well, that's that's because that was the mother of your kid. You should want her see want um want you should want to see her do well. Where? Like, where is that written? <laughs> where did where do you show show me where that is? That needs to make sense. I want to see somebody else other than some goofy ass boomer simp. Show me where that is. Where? <laughs> All that is is making me the utility. Not wait. I mean, a wife. I should be. I should take care of my wife. I should take care of my wife all the way through. She my wife. That's my obligation. As soon as you become ex, you got your own life. <laughs> what the hell? Like, what are you talking about? Same thing. You should take care of your parents. Hold up. I'm going to say this now, and I'm going to say it good. You don't owe your parents shit. You owe them nothing. Where does this? Now, listen, I know there's some poor people that gather together as a culture in huts. All of y'all been colonized and taken over. right? But there was a time where all the family stayed together in a village, tightly packed. You, took, you don't owe your parents anything. Now, if you do something out of the kindness of your heart, that's a whole different story. So if I do something out of the kindness of my heart, it better be appreciated because if it ain't, I'm going to remove that shit. I'm like, oh, you don't appreciate that? Yak, yeet, yaga. I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Like some of these ideas that they try to make make people do, you're like, what are you talking about? And then they're like, somebody need to take care of you. Okay, so listen. I'm going to make sure I have a Filipina nurse. <laughs> what are we doing here? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Somebody says, I'm taking care of my dad when he gets older. Go ahead. But are you obligated to? You're not. 
You're not obligated. So, for instance, if I say, well, listen, I'm going to go move to Asia now. I'm 50 years old. I'm moving to Asia. My kids are all adults. And uh, they're going to say, yeah, but your mother's 80. Aren't you going to be around for your mother? What? (laughs) So you want me to stick around until my mother decides to hang out or not hang out no more? Dude, my mother could live to 100. So I'm going to sit there. Now I'm 80, missed out on the opportunity. I don't understand it. I'm like, all right, let me work hard so I can pay for her long-term care. Don't let it run out, mama. <laughs> right? Don't let it run out. One more thing. I'm just letting you know. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. You are not obligated to take care of your parents. You don't owe them that. You don't. You know why? Because you didn't decide to be here. Like, you didn't decide to come. They decided. Now, thank God they did because you could have been out in the back of your mama's throat right now. You could have been put off on somebody's sock or napkin. You could have been let out on on a piece of newspaper. (laughs) All right, so thank God you beat it. You're a miracle, but you you have no obligation. So you don't have to stress. I need to stress out to figure out how. No, you don't. You don't have to. You can choose to. You can choose to. But let's just say you're in a position to make a choice about your life that you've always wanted to do. And then something like that happened. You don't have to stick around for that shit. Just let you know. Just you'll be like, hey, you know what? Bad timing. <laughs> right? Here we go. <laughs> right. But uh, let me stop here. I know a lot of normies can't get with this, man. Y'all be hurting mobile. <laughs> Bruh, you should prepare for that. You should, you, they should have prepared for that anyway. Or whatever you've been nut off on. I don't know. Some people got newspaper catalogs. Y'all got all kind of Victoria's Secret catalogs. Y'all printing out pictures, girls, pictures of OnlyFans, busting on their face. It's... <laughs> You could have been in a toilet bowl, flushed down the napkin. Who knows? But anyway. <laughs> in the Victoria's Secret mag. See, these young guys don't know. You know, you had to go right to the magazine. You had to go right to the magazine. You'd be like, page 34. All right, that's my target right there. They don't remember that because they got internet. They got phone. All right, let me stop, man. <laughs> Yep. See, they don't realize why you would go on the newspaper. You'd be like, Sunday newspaper. They go to girls in the bra section right here. JCPenney bras. Look at these girls. You don't remember that, bro. It's just, y'all don't know, man. Hey, yo, chill, son. Hey, yo. Here we go right here. That's according to you. Ninja, what show are you on? That's according to me. He says, you already said you weren't loved as a kid. False. I didn't say that. But number one, that's according to me. Ninja, you watching my show. Why would it be according to you? But the second statement is, I didn't say that. So don't put words in my mouth to fit your narrative. Number one. Number two, you watching my show. So it's always according to me. You don't have to do what I do, but it's always going to be according to me. So take your, <laughs> take your bitch ass on if you don't like it. Now, if you want to be over here taking care of your mama like you Norman Bates, go ahead. Like, but who told you I'm supposed to tell you 
what you feel. It's my show. But the second part is absolutely untrue. So don't, so don't come in here with that bullshit. People are absolute morons out here trying to put words in my mouth. I didn't say that. I absolutely did not say that. So don't even try it. So anyway, he said that's according to me. Ninja, look at the, do you see what's on the screen? It literally says Coach Greg Adams live. Who would I talk about other than me? It says Coach Greg Adams live twice. <laughs> like, come on. That's according to me. Who else show is this? Norman Bates ass ninja. Bates motel ass ninja. Go ahead. Do what you got to do, Norman Bates. <laughs> All right, here we go. Normie Bates. That's that ninja right there. Normie Bates. You need to tell everybody a balanced perspective according to everybody else. Are these autistic ninjas that be on my chat? These autistic ninjas. <laughs> That's absolutely crazy. What are we doing here? People forget how the internet works. Ninja, I'm not from the internet age. I'm not from y'all ages where you could come in and want me to speak balance so I can speak your perspective. He said, that's according to you. Who would it be according to, you bitch? <laughs> bitch ass ninja. Who would it be according to? Think about this for one second. Who would it be according to? And he sat there and typed it out too. He typed it out. That's according to you. What that mean? <laughs> Yo, man, uh, people are funny. People are funny. When they don't have a response, they really can't get me because I live according to me. That's the free agent lifestyle. That's literally the free agent lifestyle. That's the name of the channel. I'm free. I'm free. I don't have to do what you do. You a slave. <laughs> All right, anyway. Here we go right here. No government name says, what's up, coach? I joined Toastmasters a month ago, and I gave my icebreaker speech last night. And they were amazed at my speaking skill. They just don't know. I have a good mentor. Thank you for the inspiration, Coach. Free agent lifestyle for life. Shout out to you. All right. Shout out to you, brother, man. And enjoy the Toastmasters. It's a commitment. But your boy, you already ahead of the game. All right. Here we go. We got one, two, three, four. <laughs> All right. What are we doing here? Uh, Kevin says, I thought men speaking for women was part of the patriarchy. That Dude, that's exactly what I said. So all of a sudden, because he cut his girl off, he says, I think that's, isn't that patriarchy? Dude, they can't, they can't. They, they don't know what to do. Like, they be literally talking out on one side of their neck. I mean, or both sides of their neck. Where we at? Uh, we got one, two, three, four, and then when I'm going to get born. Mr. B says, it's crazy how folks will do anything but exercise and change their diet, but want to lose weight or get fit. They're out here duct taping themselves and getting surgery. And tucking their belly into their pants, it's hard for me to respect folks like that. 100%. 100%. This is weird. But people are, people have bad habits. Dele says, brother coach, he says, knowing what you know now and being red pill, what teachings of things you will or have done to prevent your uh, daughter to falling into a trap of 304ism. Like for me, example, example, I would choose my daughter's husband. And if she divorced him, I would disown her. 
He says, what do you think men today should teach their daughters? Well, you sound like you're Nigerian, um, but in American culture, in American culture, there's too many things in place that would prevent that. Okay, number one, your parent, your co-parent. So your co-parent does have significant say and pull and sway, which means obviously would be your mother, your child's mother. They have a significant sway in the, how much how much you have in terms of dictating what your daughter does. If their co-parent or your wife is on your plan, then it's good. If they're not on your plan, good luck. Good luck. So it, it's you're going to have that person interfere with these things. We live in a romance culture. So romance prevails. Now we're going a little bit away from romance and we're going to 304ism and utility ut- being a utility. So what I do is the woman goes to 304 and becomes a utility. So you can't prevent your daughter from doing anything. You can't prevent her from doing anything. You can't disown her. You can't threaten her because we live in a world where if you do that, you're a deadbeat. Um, even um, Dr. Dre, uh, just giving you stories, Dr. Dre has dealt with this. So it, we, we give you celebrity examples just to let you know, even if you have wealth and status, don't matter. Uh, we've had uh, Lawrence Fishburne deal with this. Steven Spielberg. And we live in a world where you can't do that per se. You would have to be in a culture. It has to be a culture, meaning that you have to come from a uh, maybe a Muslim culture or a culture of patriarchy, real patriarchy, or um, like, like, like that. You would have to come from something like that. But if you don't have that, if you don't have that, and they're influenced by TikTok, uh, Beyonce, Ariana Grande, Lizzo, liberalism. I don't know if you guys know TikTok. TikTok has extreme liberalism on it. Extreme. Especially if you're a young person. And they're also pushing that these kids self-diagnose themselves with depression. You, you're yeah, a little boosty. It's, it's going to be difficult. So what you can do is let them know. And I'm going to just tell you, when you, um, when you let them know about this, Guys, they're going to, whatever example you give them, like say, for instance, you're saying you have a daughter. If you tell them about 304-ism, whatever you tell them about, they may latch on to. Everybody kind of sees this. It's something you should know, and it's not, I'm not dealing with this with my daughter, but I know a lot of people deal with this. I've worked with a lot of people's daughters. As a father today, it is very, very difficult for people to have this type of authority over their kids. Um, the kids can go to school and just say, hey, I'm being abused. They can pull the plug on you. But whatever you tell them about, they're going to latch. And we did this as well. We did this as well. So they told us not to like Uncle Luke and Tupac and NWA, and we loved it. So we wanted it more of it. We wanted more of it. They told us not to like boys in the hood. They told us not to be out here doing the cabbage patch. But what you have to do probably is reward them for accomplishing the things that um, that are going to be the positives that you want. That would be the best thing you can do. But to come out here and be like these hoes and this and that, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. He says, yep, they can call CPS on you. Yeah, I mean, they're being, by the way, 
I did a show on this. They're instructing the kids at school to do this. So they're, they're, they're instructing their kids to do this. <laughs> right. And uh, that's that. And they'll do it to you right there. I mean, they got the phone in their hand. This, this is going to be interesting right here. I think where you, yeah, a lot of, a lot of guys really trying to control, control their kids. I get it. I, I get it. But it's very difficult to do. Very, very, in today's world, somebody says, I work with many daughters. Yep, kids are, kids are uh, emancipating themselves from their parents. They're threatening to, to kill themselves based on their parents, how their parents uh, treat them in California. If you don't affirm their gender, the school can report you. In California, if you don't affirm their gender, the kids, the school can report you. Um, all of that stuff. It's the, te yeah, they're teaching activism. It's very, very, it's getting very tough. I would say you got to have a strong home. It starts with a strong home, meaning two-parent household. If you don't have that, it's going to be, going to be very tough. So I wouldn't put in there and be like, hey, you need to do this and you need, I wouldn't do any of that. And uh, this comes from coaching a lot of young women. Coaching a lot of young women from Gen Z and the millennials. They a different breed. Do you have daughters, by the way? Uh, shout out to Kevin T. He says, salute and much respect to you, coach. I have both the free agent lifestyle and de-evolution. Each page is a blue chip conversation I have with my teenage son every morning in the car on his way to his private school. Shout out to you. Thank you very much for that support. And then shout out to you also for sharing that with your young son. Because the young boys need it. You know, the young boys need it. Young boys need this information. Young boys are being lost in the education system. And, uh, dude, there was a video I was going to share. There was a video I was going to share later on. But there's a teacher that is actually doing exactly what I said people are doing, uh, uh, these feminist teachers. Let me see if I can go too far off the rails here. See if I can find that video of the teacher. This is the type of stuff you have to worry about. This is why I tell you the public school. Oh, I found the video. The public school indoctrination camp. Guys, uh, do you guys know many of these teachers are super duper liberal? I think most teachers identify as liberal. Like it's like 80%. And again, that doesn't mean you're wrong politically. But you have activists. Teaching, teacher activists that are there just simply to activate your children. To rebel. To, to be liberal, right? Be extremist liberals. And uh, here's an example of the teacher I'm talking about. And you guys have no clue who these teachers are. Here we go right here. Here it is right here. Play it. Former teacher asked if anyone else is noticing that girls are crushing boys in everything right now. The woman, named Emma, took to TikTok to discuss the Reddit post that initially caught her attention and thousands weighed in. The Reddit post said that girls are absolutely demolishing boys and reminded Emma of an experience she had as a high school teacher around student of the month. A girl and a boy were each nominated every month for student of the month and eventually they had to relax the GPA requirements so enough boys would qualify. She noted the term male academic 
significant underperformance which has been coined for this disparity. There are many reasons why this is happening, from boys' brains taking longer to grow, to boys being encouraged to take more risks and make more mistakes, even academically, to girls being taught to focus on security and stability, to even the ways that the different genders are parented. Even commenters on Emma's video is. blame... There it is. You see that? The ways that different genders are parented. So there's an, another example, right? If you come in and you're like, I'm a conservative traditional father and you will do these things as my daughter and then your son's going to do these things. You have the teachers busting that up, right? You have the teachers outright telling your daughter if your parents are parenting you different because you're a girl and a boy or a female and a male or a binary or non-binary, they going to come in there and bust your shit up. You guys got to pay attention. Named girls being held to higher standards for this disparity. But the underlying cause of girls outperforming boys seems to be based on behavioral engagements. Things like raising your hand, turning your work in on time, and responding appropriately when faced with negativity. It's totally possible that girls are more engaged due to gender socialization differences and societal expectations. But until schools can find a way to inspire boys, the education gap will continue to grow. Yeah, now we got an education gap. Now we got an education gap. The girls are crushing. What did she say? This is the stuff where you find out why they didn't want Andrew Tate, right? Andrew Tate, they had to reprogram the boys. We shared all this. We need to reprogram the boys. The women are crushed. Let me see what she said. Listen to what she said. Oh. A former teacher asked if anyone else is noticing that girls are crushing boys. and Crushing. Mm. Crushing. Oh, man, dude, I'm telling you, man. Oh, the humanity. Feminism out of control. It's out of control, man. I'm telling you, man. I, the public school indoctrination camp, schools in general, they it's gone. It's gone for a lot of people, man. Crushing them. And it's certainly not true. The women have been propped up in many, many ways. Let me get back to the show, man. Absolutely crazy. Insane stuff we're talking about here. Insane stuff we're talking about, but I'm here to educate you and tell you what's going on out here because they won't tell you out. They're not going to tell you. And I'm giving you the real perspective, not just my perspective. I'm giving you the real perspective, what you're up against. What you're up against. Here's another one. Kevin Porter. Remember this story that I covered? He's the player for the Houston Rockets. Kevin Porter, he was the guy that was accused of choking Instagram model a girlfriend in a hotel in New uh, New York City. So I will pull her picture up. Where's her photo? Of course, they don't have her photo here. So let me pull her photo up. And I actually did an entire stream on her and the types of people that she is. And I called her a straggle. Now, ninjas came in here and said, she bad, though. All right. And I said, nah, she's still a straggle. She's still a straggle. Uh, so here's the update on her. This is her. This is the girlfriend. Remember her? And I was like, she had a sister. She had a sister that threatened Kevin Porter of the Houston Rockets and said, I'll, I'll mess you up. I'll delete you. She has a, a older sister. Remember her? She played in the WNBA. This woman, oh, coach, she bad. And I was like, this is, I did an entire stream. I was like, stop with the straggles. All right. So the update, of course, it was bullshit. So let's read the story. She claimed that she he choked her so hard while she was sleeping, he attacked her. 
choked her so hard that she broke three vertebrae, broke her neck. Remember that? Remember that? This was uh, a while back, maybe a couple weeks ago. But it says right here, Kevin Porter Jr. was arrested in September for allegedly assaulting his girlfriend, Kai Siri, well, I can't pronounce that, in New York. Prosecutors claimed that Porter, who was charged with felony assault and strangulation, had forcibly squeezed her neck with his hands, causing her difficulty breathing and resulting in her sustaining a fractured neck vertebrae. Not long after that, the woman's lawyer came out and stated that she does not have a fractured neck vertebrae. And she always had a congenital <laughs> congenital uh, condition. So she always had a neck injury. But of course, but of course, she had to say he broke my neck in order to make the charges stick. With Porter's case being, uh, being ongoing and the Rockets guard missing the NBA preseason. Damn, he had to miss the whole preseason. New reports surfaced on Monday acquitting the 23-year-old from the second-degree assault charge. They really be messing up your money, man. They really be in their emotions. I'm going to tell you what this is. They're emotionally amped up. Remember, she said, I was just sleeping after returning home from a night out. I was sleeping. He got up and strangled me. And I called the story bullshit from the rip. I was like, nah, doesn't make sense. Then he broke her neck. I was like, what happened? What, what happened? There had to be something else. And then when they get emotional, they start making claims. They start playing the victim. They start pulling the, he's abusive. He beat me. He choked me. He raped me. He assaulted me in order to get the leverage. And then they don't get penalized for lobbing these claims, but you're already destroyed. We showed this with the Michigan State football coach where the woman said, he has money, I'm going to intentionally target him. We showed this with the situation with Trevor Bauer. There's too many of these cases where the woman gets no punishment, but the guy gets suspended and all of this shit. They destroy, they destroy, they destroy. And the reason why I wanted to come back and review this is because I covered it and I want to give this guy the at least justification to show you, look, man, there's a, yet another story of the false alligators out here. All right, women get emotional. Women get emotional. They get emotional in, in these situations and they don't know what to do. They panic. And then they go with something because they're obviously hurt about something that they did and that you did to them. You made them feel a certain way. And here it comes, especially young women, especially, especially younger women. Let me read the rest. According to the New York Post, Porter did not break his girlfriend's neck during an alleged fight at a New York City hotel, resulting in prosecutors dropping one of the assault charges against him in court on Monday. And it says right here, this is the second degree assault charge. It was dropped due to insufficient evidence based on accounts from the Manhattan Assistant District Attorney, uh, Myra Kurzer, Porter still faces a second-degree strangulation and a third-degree assault as a result of this incident, if convicted, on the strangulation charge. So that one still is there. Porter could face a maximum sentence of seven years in prison. Amid this investigation, the Rockets have since looked for a trade 
and offer draft picks and so forth and so on. So they dropped one charge, which was the set second degree assault, but they're keeping the second degree strangulation. But the biggest charge is obviously the broken neck charge. The other ones will probably get dismissed as well, or he'll be acquitted of it because there'll be there's really no evidence there. If there's no if there's no evidence of broken neck, how do you get him on second degree strangulation? All right, he probably pushed her on her neck. So the real one, the big one, is not it's not there. Third degree assault, maybe he'll get probation. All right, but as you see, to get out ahead of the story, to make it believable, to get people triggered. Oh, he broke my neck. That's what they that's what they try to sell. He strangled me so hard, my neck was broken. And immediately it's already a lie. Now the people that say, hey, he still has the other charges, so maybe he did it. Well, falsus and unus, falsus and omnibus. This is how it works in the law. You've already been proven a liar. It's gonna be damn near hard to say, hey, why did you say he broke your neck? Okay, prove that he strangled you. Well, he really didn't. If it wasn't for women, the courts would be dry as hell. Unbelievable. Sad circumstance that men are putting themselves into. But I would, I don't, when it comes to women, I don't even want to uh, argue or engage with them when they get emotional. I stay away. Anytime it comes, this is my advice. Anytime it comes to an emotional woman, I stay away from them. Best case scenario. I don't care if it's your mother, your daughter, your wife, your ex-wife, your girlfriend, women at work. I don't care what it is. A woman at a nightclub, soon as she gets emotional or something she's saying going on emotional in her life, I stay clear away from them because you're going to be you're gonna be the you're gonna be the reason why. If you if you interject yourself in the story, they're gonna tear your ass up. They're gonna get your ass in a trash compactor and you're gonna wish you walked away. Take the walk away penalty. Take the yards. <laughs> Take the yards. All right, ninjas be like, nah, man. Let's give them another down. All right, nah, man. Well, I would actually take the, the, the downs. I'm gonna take the downs and let, let them let them ask, figure that shit out. But that's a bad analogy. But when it comes to that, they're going to destroy you because anything goes in their mind. And if you're around, boom. If you're not around, if you're not around, they could just accuse you of abandonment or you let, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. But if you around, he says, I even keep away from, oh, emotional ninjas too. Emotional men. I stay away. Like if somebody's, if I'm walking down the street and I bumped into a ninja and he went crazy because he was with his girlfriend and he walked up on me, man, I'm not engaging with that guy. Walk away. Stay away from them because they're going to use you as the, they're going to use you as their own gasoline. All right. Especially if you're a husband or a father or your, uh, we saw this in the case of Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno with his daughter, his wife, and his sister-in-law. Those are three women and they've come together and formed like Voltron. They're emotional because the mother's in bad health. She's going to die. She's got dementia. 
So they're all emotional about it. Soon as that happens, go. Get away. Don't try to solve the prop. I'm going to tell you, man. Most people will not tell you this. Get away from them. There's nothing you can do. Now, what happened was Lou Ferrigno said, okay, I'm going to fix this situation. And he's fighting him in court. Nah. Lead them bitches to themselves and let them stew and steam and be a pity party of five, whatever it is, because they're going to tear you up. Get away. Get away like it's a bad punt. Get away from them. Let that shit roll. And if they figure it out, they figure it out. But do not be in there. He says, take the third and eight instead of the second and three. Take your, He says, get your cape buried, playing the emotional hero. Take your cape, fold that shit up, put it away, and say, let y'all deal with it. Because once you pull back, they'll still be emotional. And they'll be like, you didn't help. And you, what was you going to do? <laughs> what was you going to do? Like, literally, what was you going to do? Sit there and watch them stew? Sit there and potentially have them ruin your life or your momentum? What were you going to do? Sit there and figure it out? You weren't going to figure it out. You were just going to be there so they could just heap whatever they wanted to heap onto you. And then a band, you know, they was just going to reel you in and reel you out, pull, pull and tug. No, get away. Stay away from emotional women. Stay away from them. You will not solve the problem. I know a lot of guys... A lot of young guys, the woman will be like, well, I just feel bad. I'm down. I'm depressed. I, I feel a certain way. Or you'll be like, she's out going crazy. I, I want to be. And then you'll be like, I got you, baby. So you can put your hands on her titties. All right. Nah. Let that bitch snap out. Let her crash out. Let her burn. Let her do whatever she needs to do. And then you come back in and be there once they figure they shit out. Otherwise, leave them alone. Take the knee before the half. You're not going to solve anything. And so in this situation, you got an emotional woman and she does not care. Emotional women are bulls in China shops. And emotional men, this goes for you too. Emotional men and women are like bulls in China shops. You own the China shop. They are the bull. So whatever they, when they come down out of their emotional, then you're going to look up and your whole China shop going to be destroyed. Trying to stop this bull from tearing your shit up. (laughs) Yep. Nope. Soon as they act up, okay, you ain't acting up. Okay, you acting up, you on some emotional shit, I'm out. Check out. (laughs) All right, anyway, because there's no fixing them. There's nothing you're going to do to fix it. So anyway. Same as men. As yeah, you can't win. You can't win. There's no win in there for you. All right, so shout out to you. All right, men, men are included in this too. Soon as the man I start acting up, just be like, all right, I'm out of this, man. All right, let me see here. We're going to do the cold approach segment right now. Do me a favor, hit the like button. Like button, like button. We got over 1,000 likes. I appreciate you. Get to me like the 1,400. He said, check, please. Yep. Don't try to be there. And they'll act like you can solve it. There ain't nothing you can do, fam. There's nothing you can do. They gone. They snapped. All right, this says right here. Approach equals harassment. Let's start with this video. This is a video of a man in the gym, just so you can see that women do approach men if they're interested. And mostly this is going to be older women, older white women too, if they see them a piece of chocolate. 
uh, older black women typically ain't going to be this bold. And this is why they see fit black men with some old 45 year old dusty white woman. All right, but let's take a listen right here. It's a friendly Muggsy. Yes, ma'am. Dad, for giving me a really good reason to come here today. Yes, because you look great. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> oh, if I could turn back at the times of time, I tell you, uh, I know my type. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great night. You as well. You as well. Thank you. I hope I see you here again. Oh, you will. I'll be here every day. All righty. You as well. Drive safe. Thanks. All right. And so there you see, this would be, he says, boldest flirt ever. Now, let's just put this in perspective. One of the things I tell you is that women are doing the choosing now. They are empowered. They're able to. They can call their shot. So if they do so, we consider it flirting. We're never really put off by this. In fact, it actually makes it easier for us because we're not that sexually selective. We're selective based on who's going to wreck our lives but we're not that sexually selective. It makes it easier because we'll bone almost anything. So we'll justify it. We'll justify a reason to bone anything. All right, here we go. She choosing. So here it is right here. Obviously, she sounds like a woman that is of middle age. She doesn't sound like a young person. You can tell by her language, her dictation and whatnot. And this guy's an older male and he looks good for his age. And she approached him and said what it was. Hey, you my favorite piece of chocolate. You my type. All things that if you did this, if all men, let's say this, if all men did this openly, Ninja, it would be over for a lot of things, relationships between men and women. If men, let's say all men, if all men openly did this, Ninjas would be getting arrested left and right, kicked out of gyms. So only a select few of men can cold approach, which does put other men in the situation where either they have to learn or attempt to be that guy or they don't have a chance in hell. We're going to show you that some men don't have a chance in hell. I don't care what you teach them. I don't care what you gaslight them and tell them what they're doing. But all women can approach a man. All women can approach a guy. Now, when they start approaching, they're going to all approach the same dude. So in this story right here, you can see that fitness-wise, this guy's in the top 5% of body fat. I mean, fit fitness. He, in his age core ho- cohort, this dude's the top of his age group fitness-wise, at least physically on the outside. I mean, nobody of, in his age group looks like this. And when given the chance, probably a bit of sloppy yogurt, 48-year-old woman said, you can have me if you want. Just tell me when. If we flip it and we had a woman in the gym that was in the top five in her age group physically and you had a fat, equally fat 48-year-old male approach that woman in the gym, forget it. Top 1%. Yeah, he's in the top 1%. Nobody his that guy probably is in his 50s. That guy's probably in his 50s. So... If you flipped it and said, let's take the top 1% woman, put her in a gym, and then a, the, the lower 50% male approaches her with the same thing. I know what I want. I know what I like. You're my type. I want you. Ninja going to jail. I don't care what type of game you got, mouthpiece. I don't care top, what type of riz. You're getting a riz straining order. That's what you're getting. Okay? You understand. So this is when we say right here, women are now emboldened to choose yeah this dude's 50 you can tell that's an older male he's in his 50s 
That's not a guy in his 20s or 30s. That guy's clearly in his 50s. You can see his eyes from here. You can see this bone. You can see that guy. That guy's in his 50s. All right, at least late 40s, early 50s. Okay, and she went after him. 50-year-old guy. She's a 50-year-old woman. Most guys in their 50s don't look like this. She want the BBC. She want to get she want to get pounded. All right, let's continue here. And they just be like uh, 30. Nah, man, I'm going to tell you, man, black men, black men in their 50s when they're fit, they look young as hell. There's very, there's very many examples of black men in their 50s that look like this. I'm telling you, man, dudes be looking, black dudes preserve their, they don't age off a cliff. They preserve their ages really well. That guy's in his 50s. I can almost bet. I don't think he's I don't think he's younger than 45. All right. Anyway, but he's still gonna hit it. Thank you for being so friendly, Muggsy. Yes, ma'am. And, uh, for giving me a really good reason to come here today. Yes, because you look great. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> oh, if I could turn back at the signs of time, I tell you. Dude, you can't tell that dude is not in his 30s, right? That dude is not in his 30s. He says, age is ambiguous. Tell me something I didn't know. Ninja, I taught you that already. I taught you that. I know, man. Don't, don't I, I, I'm, I'm tired of people acting like, man, just, just hang on my streams, man. I've already told you that. There's four ways you can determine age, not just physically. There's emotional, mental, and also physical age. And then there's also uh, the... Uh, did I say emotional, physical, and mental age? Guys, just relax. Let me do my show. Let me do my goddamn show. Ninja act like I never said this shit before. I, 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 I'm tired of you ninjas. I'm tired of you motherfuckers, man. Just shut the fuck up. Just enjoy the show. Just sit back. <laughs> just shut up. Trying to educate me. I'm the educator over here, Ninja, but educate somebody else. <laughs> All right, anyway. Anyway, let's continue. I know my type. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he got the old granddaddy laugh. He got he got the granddaddy laugh. <laughs> I don't know nobody in their 30s that laugh like that. What ninja in their 30s laugh like that? That ninja, that's an old man laugh right there. That's an old man laugh. All right, let's continue. You have a great night. You as well. You as well. Oh, you will. I'll be here every day. All righty. You as well. Drop. All right. What old, what young man says, all righty, all righty. <laughs> that is a young man. That's an older man. All righty. Yes, ma'am. He said, yes, ma'am. All right. He definitely over 45. All right. Here we go. I'm safe. Thank you for being so friendly, Muggsy. Yes, ma'am. Me- yes, ma'am. What man under 40 says, yes, ma'am. Ninja, unless you're in the South. All right, anyway, let's get into this real quick. So you saw the gold approach, and I wish you I would have saw that soggy-ass woman. All right, but uh, let's go to the next clip right here. This now happened at Starbucks. Starbucks right here. Call to activism. Let's read the cup, and then we'll read the story. This on the Starbucks cup. Are you okay? Do you want us to intervene? If you do, take the lid off the cup. Okay. 
So let's flip the genders. This is a woman that got this cup. And it says, are you okay? Do you want us to intervene if you do take the lid off this cup? Now, let's go back. If these two were in Starbucks on this interaction, do you think this guy's being harassed? Do you think that somebody would see this interaction and be like, hey, dude, man, I see you got something going on here. Do you want me to intervene? Do you want me to stop her? Do you, do you need me to, you know, pull you away from this? Do you need me to pull you away? Do you need me to? No, we're not doing this. This is seen as fair game. It actually, he's supposed to go ahead and close the deal. She feels like, hey, I shot my shot. He should go ahead and close. But going back, let's read the story. This is a call to activism. It says, this gives me goosebumps. My 18-year-old daughter was at Starbucks alone the other night. You have to ask why she was alone. I think she was picking up her cup. Her cup. A man came up to her and started talking to her. So this is kind of they're framing it as my teenage daughter, but she's an adult. And then a man came up to her and started talking to her. Okay. A barista handed her an extra hot chocolate. Someone forgot to pick up. All right. Someone forgot to pick up this extra hot chocolate. Here you go. And he says, how grateful I am for people who look out for other people. Side note. She felt safe and did not remove the lid, but let them know. She said the whole team was watching over her the rest of the time she was there. Thank you to Starbucks for having a great team. Now, this is a problem. How dare you? This is a problem. I I think this is a problem. Now, again, people are going to say, well, she was 18. Ninja, 18 is, is an adult. Okay, some people, again, age is different. Some people look young at 18. Some people look old as hell. But again, as a father, he's like, thank you for looking out for my daughter. Okay, all right. It ain't their job to do so. But of course, now we have vigilante activism against a man talking to a woman. Now we have a problem. Now we're crossing the line because we'll read the comments. We've crossed the line. See, initially you had, A woman that said, I have a right to reserve my judgment based on who approaches me. But now you have people watching the whole team, watching you interact with the woman. Now, they said a man. They didn't say what age. He could have been 40. I have no idea. But obviously, the woman didn't feel in danger. She didn't feel threatened. And she let them know, that's okay, I'm good. So she was good with whoever approached her. But now we have vigilante people watching you approach. They're watching your interactions. In fact, I've seen this happen with people who do do the street interviews. And we've actually shared videos of the people who do street interviews. And then men came in to bust it up. Are you okay? Are you okay with him asking you questions? Isn't this the patriarchy? Isn't this, why does this man have to come in and save this woman? Okay, but now we have, now you have to consider And you better consider it. And this is why dudes that tell about cold approach and game, they always say, don't worry about shit like this. Ninja, you better. You better. You'll be an idiot. Because they want to save the ninjas that do the game thing. They want to save their they want to save their lane so they can sell you on the idea that you can be proficient in this. And if they if they can't sell you, then you're a lost customer. But to believe 
that you're just talking to a woman and the whole team of people in the grocery store, the donut store, the pizza hut, outside, the mall, everybody now can sit out here and go, wait a minute. Right? You're talking to a girl. Okay, how's it going? And somebody from down at the end of the aisle comes up. Hey, are you okay? Right? Vigilantes. You cannot have this out here. You cannot have it. Not only that, you're on camera nine out of ten times. So you have maybe loss prevention. You have somebody in Target. You're on camera. You got somebody in Walmart. You're Whatever you're doing, you're being recorded. So let's just say she didn't like how the interaction went. We're going to see this in the next clip. What if she says, yeah, this weird guy approached me. He was super creepy. That can happen about 90% of us. In fact, that's going to happen to all the, even the dating coaches in the game, guys. That's going to happen to them too. Statistically, they're going to come off creepy because most of them are creepy anyway. Most of them are kind of creepy anyway, but then they're going to face rejection as well. But now you got vigilante people from the backside watching you and I'm guaranteeing you they did not alert the guy. The guy probably had no clue that the whole team was watching her so much so that they sent this cup ninja. This is cold-blooded. This is cold-blooded. Now, I guarantee you this is in the suburbs, so you mouthpiece ninjas that be hanging out somewhere in the country or in the inner city, nobody cares about y'all anyway, so nobody really looking out for the people y'all cold approaching at Church's Chicken, all right, and all of these places, at Louisiana Fried Chicken, nobody even looking out, so I don't want to hear from y'all, but this is concerning for a group of people who are in a place where people feel like they have to publicly intervene in a situation like this. This is crazy, man. I think this is very dangerous. And yes, a lot of them people be working back there reading Rainbow. And they're hopped up on liberalism and the, the patriarchy and misogyny. That they're literally going to say to a woman. We don't like the guy that approached you. This is what it is. They made the judgment call on the guy that approached. They made the judgment call. The woman did not, or the woman judged as and deemed them as safe or whatever. What if it was just an innocent meeting? What if this woman's a sugar baby? Nobody knows anything about what's going on or the context. They just see someone who they believe are uncomfortable. That makes me uncomfortable. Meaning that the guy, she looks 18, she, she probably is 18 and looks 16, and he probably 25 and looked 30. And they were like, you know, I don't like that. And so now they can intervene. It says intervene. Do you want us to intervene? Now look, what does intervene mean? <laughs> what would go into intervening? What would they do? Kick the man out of the store? approach him intimidate him take her from away from him what does this mean shoot him beat him up send two gay boys from the back what are we doing call the police could be called the police could be called the police this is yeah tackle him this is dangerous stab him 
Like, come on, man. What does this mean? What does intervene mean? This is a problem. That's a massive problem. So people are watching you. So when you're doing these things about approaching, but you know my formula, I've already spelled it out. When you're thinking about this or even as innocent as meeting a person there and you have an age gap, I typically would easily do something like this. I easily do something like this where the woman's significantly younger than me and I meet with the person in public. What's to say Someone doesn't look over, deliver a note, intervene, pull me away, call the police. This is easily something that could happen to me. Because I'm meeting a person in public. They don't realize the context of the relationship. It's lost. They might look at it and say, that guy's way older than her. And they intervene. This is very much a problem. I see if people are going to do this type of vigilante interfering in human interactions this could be a problem. Absolutely. If you guys are going to avoid this as a problem, I don't know what to tell you because you don't know what the intervener is going to do. You have no clue. All right, here's a woman right here is going to talk about this. And then we'll share the college student that said he was uh, expelled for this behavior. Here we go. I'm going to say it because no one else is. Feminism's gone way too far. Okay. Men can't even look in the same direction for too long at the gym because they're terrified someone's recording them and then blast them all over the internet later on. Can't ask for a phone number because he might also look like a creep. Really can't even exist at this point without apologizing. And I'm tired of it because they're the same women that complain that no man talks to them or approaches them. You know what? You want him to go up to you? You have to go up to him at this point because that's the reality you've all created. I'm going to say it. because. All right. And so, again, this is a suburban chick. A lot of guys that are anti me talking about this is mostly ghetto ninjas right i heard the mouthpiece and cold approach ain't dead yeah it's mostly ghetto ninjas nightclub ninjas right we ain't talking about nightclub not everybody goes to your funky ass nightclub we're talking about people in normal society shit that you don't do all right we ain't that church's chicken trying to mack down on the fat girl with the booty right so we're talking about normal interactions where we would go where normal people go and even they're recognizing it. They're recognizing it. They're like, man, this is tough. And uh, this is tough for her because she wants to be approached, right? Obviously, she ain't going to be the one choosing. She really can't. So she wants this, and a lot of women do want this, but they're having a problem now. They're like, feminism going too far. And the fact that, yep, y'all creating a scenario that you won't be able to change. Let me see what this woman's talking about right here. I talk about something really quick. And when I say talk about something, I mean, be absolutely 100% correct. <laughs> Spit facts. Thank you. Men rating you, calling you mid, whatever, is never about your looks and always about holding your beauty hostage like it always belonged to them. They think that beauty and worth and value is a commodity that only they have the power to provide to you. The woman. The lonely woman. No. No. Never. They don't accept and don't respect women, period, but also do not accept and do not respect women who carry around their own beauty and light and value and gorge in their pocket. The fuck she talking about? And say, yeah, you've never had this. It's always been mine and will always be mine. 
Like, can I talk about now? I don't give a fuck what you think, bitch. Cut that bitch off. Next caller. Can I give you another dangerous scenario related to this? Because this woman, this these are the type of women who create these scenarios. They just can't let be be. They gotta be thinking about all of it. They thinking too much. But I'm gonna give you another dangerous scenario on the Starbucks situation. Okay, and this could easily happen to me. This reminds me of this could be some Emmett Till shit. Like this could turn into some Emmett Till shit for young black men or black men that approach women of other races. This type of vigilante justice. Right? Especially if you allow mouth ass ninja. All right. But if you're a guy and they perceive you as to be some black male creep or uh, uh, maybe you're a Latino guy that looks like you're a, a worker at Lowe's and you have no business talking to a suburban white girl or a woman that say they perceive to be out of your league, they can literally have vigilante justice against you because I'm prone to be in this situation. I'm, I'm with younger women of all races. And that could... Phil, that, that could turn into some Emmett Till vigilante shit. What you talking to that young white girl for? Well, she talking to me. <clears throat> this is what it does. So they perceive to say, they, they say, that girl's out of your league. She's too pretty for you. She my sugar baby, <laughs> right? She here, she here for the right reasons. I'm meeting her. But they're going to say, nah, we don't... <clears throat> We don't approve of that. She's way out of your league. She's out of your class. She's out of your race. You're obviously doing the wrong. This is some vigilante justice. That's that's crazy. And it's all based on their perception, not you, not even the woman. They immediately are going to be triggered by the fact that you should not be with this young white girl. You should not be with this young Asian woman. This is creepy. Let me call the police. This is some vigilante bullshit. Let me call the cop. Now you got to explain. Wow. Sad, sad, sad. All right, let's go to this next clip right here. This is the man who says he's been kicked out of college or expelled because he he's approaching women. Let's go ahead and go right here. Let's see what this guy's name is. Oh, this is the Wheat Waffles. This is Wheat Waffles. Shout out to him. I know he's been doing well making content the last few years. I don't know if this is actually him. This might be another guy. Maybe maybe it is him. I don't know. So this is a guy that does one of these campus videos where he walks up to women. All right. So this is his approach. And uh, he's going to talk about an example interaction, then how security circled him, and then how they said that he was harassing the girls. And uh, then he's going to give some examples. All right, so fair use. He thinks nice and short for this. Okay. I don't know if this is exact, exactly him. This might be somebody else's vir- video he's sharing. Video. I've got a short interaction of me going up to a girl. And this one's only about 10, 15 seconds long. And this was actually the worst interaction of the day. So I'll just show you what happens. Excuse me. Sorry to interrupt. I know you're probably in the middle of a. Yeah. You got your headphones on yeah. or something. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you. I know you're probably in the middle of a really important message or something like that. Um, but me and my friend, we're recording a video today. Oh, and... right, thanks. Okay. You're definitely sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No problem. 
So as you can see, that just gives you a basic idea of how the approaches go down. And as I've said, this was the worst interaction. I was what do, you, what do you guys think of these videos? Uh, you know, a lot of people do this. They go to a college campus. Many of them, the guys are, you know, going to record the women. Or I even see in big YouTubers do this. So uh, a lot of guys are going to say these, this is corny. But there's a guy, I can't remember his name. He's a big YouTuber, like Big Dawes. I think Big Dawes is his name. Like Big Dogs, but I think there's a W, Big Dawes. And what he does is he goes to college. He's got millions of subs. He goes to college campuses, and the last video I seen him do was he would say, walk up to the women as they're approaching him. He would say, hey, you have a nice rack. Okay, and then the women will be like, what? And then behind them, it will be a guy having, he has a clothes rack. And then the women see him, and then they turn around, and it's a guy that has a clothes rack or nice melons. And a lot of people are doing this on Instagram. So nice melons, and then the girls will be like, what? And then behind them is a guy holding two melons. All right, so again, this type of thing on college campuses with young women and women in general is being done across the board. You have people doing this on the Las Vegas Strip. It's done rather regardless of, of uh, gender, but it tends to be men are trying to get interactions with women doing this. All right, here we go. Um. And this woman, obviously, in a regular approach, obviously, he's holding a clipboard and a backpack. He does look like he's not he's ready to record her. That's what it does look like. But uh, she's a tall volleyball player looking chick or basketball. But even on the approach. Let's just look at this. He was polite. Up to a girl. And this one's only about. 10 15 seconds long and this was actually the worst interaction of the day so i'll just show you what happens any running over there all right excuse me excuse me sorry to interrupt i know you probably in the middle of it you got your headphones all right and so as you can see here she has a defensive approach here she 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 started to move redirect the way she's moving here so she can get around him okay and then she's steady looking at her phone here so obviously if you're in a approach situation if you're seeing this type of demeanor, she's not open to an approach. Uh, anything more pushy than this is going to make her uncomfortable. She's already uncomfortable, and I don't think it's worth in this climate to push it. But I know guys, I've been around guys, they push this, and it's uncomfortable to me. It's uncomfortable to me. I'm like, ninja, why? Like, what are you going to possibly get out of this at this point? And they're like, no, nah, man, and, and they'll go crazy. They'll go, they'll go crazy with the mouthpiece. And I'm like, she already super defensive. Like, where you going way overboard? Like, there's, uh, there's not even any need to push this because you're only gonna get so far with this. You're gonna get a fake number. You're gonna get an Instagram profile. All right, like, chill out. I'll be like, chill out. But uh, as you can see here, she's, uh, she's not interested, and she politely declined. He politely asked. Now, let's go back to what he's talking about here. Now, let me get into the actual story of how I was accused. So, at this particular part of the day, we had already recorded eight recordings so far. So, we'd had eight girls who had already agreed to be in the video, and we only needed two more. And we were sitting on this grass area, and then I see in the corner of my eye some security guards walking over to us and then there was a couple behind us as well and one more that was all walking into our direction so 
at this part, I was like, this is interesting. This is a bit funny. I wonder what these guys are looking for. Maybe they're just trying to see what I'm doing. Maybe they just want to see what it's about. Anyway, they come over to us, and I see them walking in the, talking in their little walkie-talkies, and I overhear one of them. He's like, yeah, this is the guy. We're just about to engage with him now. So they come over to me, and I'm encircled by these five security guards now. And the first one speaks up, and he says, excuse me, mate. So what do you think you're doing? And I say, um, I'm recording a video. And he says, well, um, we've been getting complaints that you've been going around harassing the girls on the campus. All right. And so this is where this is where the one of the problems lies. Right. I, I wouldn't do this type of situation just approaching college girls on campus just because I worked on campuses a lot. You're putting yourself at risk. But where did the complaint come from? That's what you would have to ask. And it's my opinion that the complaint did not come from any of the girls. All right, so this is where we're keeping this story consistent. Just like the Starbucks story, I'm going to say much of the complaints came from a vigilante, came from an onlooker, came from somebody that was possibly in a building looking out the window, came from a simp, a simp enforcer, came from somebody that was watching enough to say, okay, this guy's up to something. And he's approaching women, he's interviewing them, he's whatever. This is again where the problem lies. This is making the this is making the extension of the problem a little bit greater than just rejection. Because now you're got people watching you. And trust me, I've been through this situation because I used to do photography um as a hobby on Model Mayhem. And this was in the probably uh, the early 2000s, okay, as I was transitioning and moving from another college program. for, So I did this as an extension of creativity. People would stop me. I would have, it would be me, it would be the woman that I was working with or whoever I was photographing, and then it would be an onlooker, a woman, a, a simp that would come in here, hey, do you have a permit? Are you supposed to be doing that? Are you okay? They will come in and disrupt it. A Karen, an older woman, another younger woman that would be like, hey, are you? Dude, they will come in and bust it up. And you're like, what are you doing? They'll try to get your camera roll. They'll tell you to delete photos. So this is now another concern for men who already had a concern. You already had a concern of, dude, all right, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? But the onlooker, I guarantee you it's the onlooker. It's the one that probably watched you approach five women, went, called the police, an old Karen on college campus. It's the per that's the person you have to worry about. And that creates another problem because, again, they're going to intervene. How do they intervene? They call the security. Now you're, you know, you know what I mean? You're talking about being kicked off of campus and whatnot or potentially arrested. It's crazy. And then I am taken aback and I'm thinking, well, I say, um, okay, who's made these complaints and what have they said? And then he says, well, we've received an emergency alert on our app, which alerts all of the security guards that there's been a report of harassment. And at this point, I'm starting to get in a little bit more of a understanding of what's happened. So basically... There's an app which is provided by the university and allows people to report 
misconduct or any inappropriate behavior and i also think it's used for snuggle struggle if you guys know what i mean when i say that so that's what has been happened so far and the next thing that the security guard said i remember this quote exactly i remember exactly what he said i actually have it written down so what you've been doing have you been going around asking the girls if they want to go out with you and i say um no i've just been making a video and then I say after, and even if I was approaching the girls, trying to date them, what would be the issue? And this is the important part. And then he said back to me, and I, this is the part that I exactly remember. We don't want any girls being harassed on campus. And it's our job to make sure this is a safe space where the girls feel comfortable. Okay, so let, <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> listen. I mean, this is a little concerning to me because they're, they're, what he's doing is doing the recording. I think if they had a problem with him recording the women, they might have acknowledged it. You can't record on campus. You can't do this type of thing. You need a permit. I would have loved them for them to say that. But then he's saying you can't approach any women. You can't, you can't have any interaction with them. Where? I mean, what, where does it say that? What law is that breaking? Now, the only law that it would break is a harassment law. And it and how am I what is if what I'm doing? How do you how do you say what I'm doing is harassing? How do you determine that? You would have to have a complaint from the person. You would have to have a complaint from the person. I don't think they had a complaint from the person. They would have said that they had a complaint from someone else. This is where the problem is. It's now coming from the outside perception. And perception is dangerous. It creates vigilante justice, right? Same as the Starbucks. So perception is, I don't like his behavior. You run in the mouthpiece. They seen you approach five women. Or it could be as simple as this. I'm going to tell you, because this could happen. I tend to take women to the same places because, because of reasons. And there are some places where they've seen me with multiple different women. Sometimes I could say, it would not be a surprise if a woman intervened. It hasn't happened yet. But if one of the women that served me or the bartender would come over to that woman is like, you know, you like the 12 women he brought in here. Hasn't happened yet. But that'd be a form of intervening in a situation. She didn't have to know that. I'm not doing anything to hurt or harm her. Obviously, you saw 11 women come in. That means there was one before her. Nobody's been harmed. But that's a sense of vigilante justice, intervening, not minding your own business. Not minding your own business. Now, if the person feels harassed, we got to let adults be adults. Let adults make the adults' decisions. Nobody's, I, I'm not on the news. Nobody's gone missing. It, but this is where you're going here. And if you're having young people, now you have young people. Now you're telling young men, now you're telling young men, look, don't approach women over here, <laughs> right? Why? This is the best place for me to get to know someone. We're watching you. Here we go. Uh, let's continue with the video. And as soon as he said that, that exposed exactly what I predicted. And it shows that approaching women, well, at least in the eyes of the security and in the woman that's reported me, you're not allowed to approach women anymore. It is apparently harassment to go up to girls. This was just for a video, by the way, mind you. Imagine if I was doing it with romantic interests. 
which is just crazy. It's just baffling to me. And this is how I'm getting into the next part of the video, which I'm showing like how much this angers me and annoys me that this is going to have drastic consequences to the dating market. And let, let me make one thing absolutely crystal clear. If you approach women with romantic intent, you go up to them and you say that you find them attractive. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I agree. I agree. I, I agree. I, I don't see what wrong. I don't see what's wrong with it. Even if the woman says, you know, I'm not interested. Even if she rejects. I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't see it as a good strategy. It's not the best strategy, but if you have nothing else going for you, what's the problem? Especially if you are being respectful, which I perceive him to be respectful, right? But no, I mean, we're getting to the point where even that for onlookers, simp enforcers, people that are worried, or they say you, for instance, let's just say the guy was a hulking Chad, right? The guy's not a hulking Chad. Let's say he was an attractive guy. Do they report him? Do they report him? Maybe not. We don't know. I mean, not saying this guy's not attractive, but let's just say top 10%. Do they let him go? What if he's six foot five and he's physically, he's wearing it? Do they let him do it? Or are they targeting the men that they don't believe should be doing it? That's the problem. Because now they go, okay, he's five foot eight. He's five nine. He's five six. He's, he's this. He's old. He's black. He shouldn't be doing this. But that guy over there will let him do it. See, th this is where the problem is. There is absolutely nothing wrong with going up to a woman, as long as you're respectful, as long as you take no means no, fair enough, if you follow her home and stalk her, that's a completely different ballpark. That's harassment. But if you go up to a girl and you make your intention clear, you say, I find you attractive and I wanted to get to know you a little bit better, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that doesn't constitute harassment and you can see why i'm getting a little bit annoyed by what's happened because the fact that it's happened to me it makes me think how many other guys have been who, who were innocent have had something like this happen to them it's baffling it, it really really angers me and it doesn't just affect the men who want to go approach women and want to make something about their dating life it affects women as well it's this five percent of women who wrongly accuse guys of harassment that are messing it up for everyone and, and it's not just them it's the simps it's the onlookers that's that's what we're finding out here and i've got examples of this just watch this video it shows what i mean this is this five percent of women are ruining the dating market for everyone else if you don't use dating apps it's common knowledge that anytime you go out in public ever is a possible mating experience that's that's common knowledge that's old news we know okay Anytime you go out, it's possible this could be your time, right? Okay, so tell me why every time I go out, I, I'm feeling it, right? Put on a dress, hair is done, I got it going on, I'm feeling cute. I'm like, all right, let's do this, right? It could just be me running errands. Nothing special, but I'm popping over places left and right, you know what I'm saying? I don't so much as make eye contact with somebody, let alone have someone come up to me asking for my number. Everyone on dating apps, the online thing, that's you. That's all you get it, girlfriend. You get that. You know what I'm saying? You do that online thing. But for everyone else who wants a normal type of relationship, we, w when's it our turn? What, where is this happening? 
Where are people meeting each other? I'm not kidding. And it's such a deflating feeling when you're done your errands and you're going home and you're just in your car, still looking cute, but not feeling cute anymore. No, you don't, because nothing happened. Not one person came up to you telling you you're so beautiful, I wanna take you out. That didn't happen, did it? No. So now what? When's it our turn, okay? I'm done. All right, so let me provide some commentary to this one. This is interesting. He said that the good old days are long gone. This is interesting because, again, one time, what, what's happening out here, I, and I feel for you guys, and remember, when I'm talking about it doesn't relate to me, right? I'm, I'm naturally comfortable. I'm older, so interactions are, are not as, as, as nerve-wracking as it would be for a man in his early 20s. That's just a basic guy. So when it comes to this, I feel for guys like this because I have a young son that's going to be 18 here in less than, less than two years. And I have a daughter that's going to be 18 in the, in the next few months. So these guys are going to go through this and understanding. She's like, nobody's approaching me. She doesn't give eye contact to anyone. She's got her nose in her phone. She's looking off into the distance. She's looking through you. But she doesn't want to be on online hookup dating apps. She wants to have the normal approach in public where a guy says, hey, you're beautiful. I want to talk to you. Here's my question. Here's my question. What if it's a guy you don't like? What if it's a guy you don't like? What if it's an older man? It's going to be a problem. Oh, this 50-year-old man. And you're, you certainly could get hit on by a 50-year-old man if you're saying people should just be able to approach. It could happen. Ah, this 50-year-old creep. Oh, my God, this Asian guy. Oh, this Latino guy. Now she's going to want to put parameters on it. Well, well, not those guys. They should know I'm out of their league. Now, all of a sudden, she's going to be like, well, the wrong guys approach me. <laughs> only, the wrong, only these guys will approach me, not the ones I really want. Now she's going to start being selective about who wants to approach. That's where you're going to have the problem. She only wants Chad or a guy her age group. Well, her age group guys have been psyched out with all of this other stuff, so they're least likely to approach. They've been told it's somewhat harassing or they don't have the skill level to execute it well, or it is what it is. Yep, so now it's... What happened? Where did all the men go? So she's saying she's getting dressed up and her self-esteem is now being wrecked because nobody's talking to her in public. And that's what's happening. You go out in public, nobody's interacting with each other because everybody is a potential threat. Everybody's perceived as, a, as danger, stranger danger. Then just the interaction, it has to be good enough for both people to look comfortable doing it. And then now the onlookers, your watchers have to be comfortable with it. That's the problem. And then somebody says, can she not approach? The problem with this is... If And I don't believe women should, I think men should approach women, always. I think men should let their intentions known. But I think women should actually give a little bit of help here. Because what they're trying to act like is, I'm too busy, I got my sunglasses and my headphones on, and then they go back home and said, nobody approached me. I think there should be an understanding of how to do this, and we've lost this by trying to make everybody equal. I don't think women should be so responsible for approaching. The reason why... It's because they'd only approach the top 10% men. Let's go back. If that's the case, Ninja, they only going to approach this Ninja right here. 
This would be the all-day ninja. The 90-10 rule will explode. This is what's happening on the dating apps. Now women get power on the dating apps to decide who they want. If this happens, these women are only going to approach, and it don't matter what the woman looks like. It don't matter what the woman looks like at all. It could be a Millie Mouth muskrat, an old soggy varicose vein ass bitch. It don't matter. So this is why you don't want women solely approaching men. They're going to shoot high and ninja. it's going to be a wrap for almost every man. It's going to be a wrap. All right. Y'all ain't never going to get talked to ever. None of y'all will ever get a woman talking to you a day in your life. If you say, hey, the women should approach and make their attentions known. Mm-mm. <laughs> right. You will walk around weird with all buck tooth women. You be stuck with wheelchair bitches. And that will take the, uh, that's only going to inflate the price of the woman. That, that, the whole flation going to go crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, let's get in here. And a ninja will never have to learn no game. Because this will be a wrap. It's already kind of happening now. Here we go. So this shows you what's happening. And the reason it's happening is because, as I said, those 5% of women who wrongly accuse guys of harassment, it means that guys don't want to approach women anymore. They're, the 95% of women that do want to get approached, women like this, who are not on the dating apps, they want to be approached by men. And they see countless ones that they find attractive every single day. The men aren't approaching them. The men aren't approaching them anymore because of that 5% who's going to accuse them of something. And now I have to deal with this as well. And she's not the only one. She's not the only one. I found another video of a, a similar woman who had the exact same issue. How the f*** are we meant to meet people in this day and age? So many people say it. I want to meet someone the old-fashioned way. But we're all too scared to do so. I'll tell you how that TikTok went. She said, correct, 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 correct. Up until the last statement, wrong. Men aren't too scared. There are plenty of men that would love to approach women and they see plenty of attractive women every single day they go out, but they don't approach them anymore because they have this fear. Well, the only fear that they have isn't the fear of approaching women. It's a fear of getting accused for something that they simply haven't done. That's the problem. And... It's terrible for women, the women that don't want to get sucked in on these dating apps, which we all know is a disaster. And it's also terrible for the men, the bottom 90% of men who's go. realistically their only foot in the door in today's dating market is cold approach. And I'll explain why. Most guys, are, society is so segregated nowadays that most men stick to themselves and most women stick to themselves. If you go to a certain course at school or you're in a certain field at work, chances are you're with all men. You're surrounded by all men. If you're construction, engineering, maths, whatever it is, it's going to be all men there. Likewise for the women, nursing, teaching, it's all women. So warm approach for most people isn't an option. 90% of guys don't have a social circle. So all right, so that, that's what I always say. But, you know, uh, you got to understand the numbers game is not really a numbers game. That's kind of perception. Where they say it's a numbers game, but you a numbers game would indicate that you would have at least 60 or 50% chance. Right now, I got 60 to 50% chance going outside. I'm good. Y'all, on the other hand, it's not a numbers game when you're talking about losing 97% of the time. That's not a numbers game. <laughs> that is a flat out L. That's an F 
That's a losing record. Ninja, you getting fired if you're the coach. You're getting benched if you're the quarterback. That's not a numbers game. All right. So he's now saying even the warm approach, which I call a warm lead, he's saying that can't happen because we're segregated. I don't agree because then it's not a numbers game. Your chances of success are probably going to be higher if you're certain status in that group, social circle, if you're trusted. It, it goes higher. You don't have to depend on getting rejected 90% of the time. But there's other things you have to worry about. Again, I've covered it in multiple streams, so I can't cover the same point every time. Last point on this one. That just leaves online and cold approach. And as for online, we all know that it's only the top 10% of men that get any results on that. So if you're in the bottom 90%, you're not going to get any matches. And even if you do get occasional matches, they'll just flake. So that Okay, so he's going into online dating. Um, there is a guy that actually they have a, you know, some guys will be highly unsuccessful on online dating. They're, they, they don't do very well at all. There's a guy that got a rejected a million times on dating app. So, um, and he got very little. I'm like, why would you even continue to do that? Last thing on cold approach. This is one of my biggest problems with cold approach is that you're limiting yourself to what's in front of you, right? So it's not a great strategy because you're only limiting yourself what's in front of you, but it's similar to social circle as well. You're only limiting yourself what's in front of you. But um, men have been mostly explorers and limiting to limiting yourself to what's just in front of you is uh, not a great indicator of what the quality of the person is, especially if you're not in a good space and not in good places. If you're in good places, yes. If you're in low bar bars and nightclubs, not so much. If you're on a college campus, probably better. If you're not, if you're somewhere at the church's chicken, it is what it is. So it really depends on where you are to see if you're highly effective. If you're in a place where people naturally um, expect people to cold approach, downtown areas, People expect people to talk to strangers. Suburbs, not so much. On the train in New York City, on the train in New York City where everybody, do you ever been on a train? Ninja, nobody talking to nobody. On a bus or a train, public transportation, nobody's talking to nobody. So you would literally stick out like a sore thumb. I know Ninja, I'm tapping a woman on the shoulder on a train. And that's the one woman you got sitting right there and running your game on her. Ninja, that's going to look awkward. But, you know, ninjas ain't never been to the suburbs. You think you're going to run around a suburban mall? Not you. You're not about to run around a suburban mall doing this shit for an extended period of time. You better talk to three or four people and leave. If you think you're going to talk to 20 women in the suburban mall running around here with your limp, all right, now, nah, Ninja, they call the security on you. <laughs> and think about this. What type of quality woman is on certain trains? If you got the train, the six train going to Harlem Uptown, Ninja, what type of quality woman is that? <laughs> All right, anyway, what are we doing here? Let me get to these super chats. But it just depends. It just depends, man. Like you, It just depends on really where you are. Knocking on doughs, pipping Cadillac, whatever it is, pipping Cadillac doughs. Shout out to I Need Money says just some gas money to get to the tribal circle. All right, shout out to the tribal circle. We love the tribal circle. The train yang. Shout out to everybody on the train yang. People on the train. Train yang. Yeah, crazy. 
Crazy, crazy, crazy. It just depends. But I know, man, yeah, it is what it is. Shout out to, uh, let's see here. Twin A. Hold on for a second. Oh, this is from yesterday. Twin A says facts about uh, travel wear coach. Me and my twin B used to wear full suits if we got on a plane with our grandfather. He was a preacher born in the 1920s. So, yeah, an old school thought is when you travel, you dressed up to travel. I know that sounds weird, but yes, that used to be what people did. And it was seen as an experience. All right, Kevin Sullivan says, appreciate the knowledge, coach. Even on sick days, you still punching into the job, even though you don't have no job, indeed. El Jefe, did you hear that Britney Spears was pregnant by Justin and ended it because he was too young? Goes to show you, women should date older men and not get rid of their babies. They, they can go crazy. I have an opinion about early terminations of pregnancy, how they cause women to go mentally unstable. And they never forget it. That's another one. I always tell you, they'll never forget it. They'll, I, that child will be a ghost to that woman. A ghost. A ghost. That woman, I don't care how many kids that woman have, that kid is going to be either the oldest, the middle, the youngest. And that woman, she'll never, she'll never tell you. She'll never tell you. But that kid will be a ghost to that woman. <laughs> right? She'll never tell you, though. You'll never get this insight. She'll wonder, hmm, I wonder what that kid would be like as a brother. I wonder what that kid would be like as a sister. I wonder what that kid would have become if I would have had that kid before. or at, they, they, It's actually crazy. And that will drive them crazy for the rest of their life. It's going to drive them crazy. The, the what if kid. What if they could have been a president? <laughs> right? They never talk about this shit. Anyway. And then also the old, that, that, that's going to drive them nuts. Same thing happens when they miscarry, right? Oh, what if, what if, the what if kid. But people never really want to talk about those. Yeah, somebody just said that, miscarriages too. Same effect, the miscarriages too. They have the what if. They carry four, five, six months and lost a, lost a child. They will always have that child as a ghost. That child will always be a ghost until they die. So that woman dies, that child exists in her head. So it's crazy. And people don't want to talk about that. But I know that because I experienced this. I knew a young woman who went through this. Right? She, it wasn't my baby, but um, I saw her going through this. And even post that, she was never the same person. Because she went and did it. She told me she was pregnant. She was a basketball player I was coaching. Told me she was pregnant. She didn't want to keep the baby. She went and got the termination. And after that, she was never the same. She was in a different world. She was a different woman. And I don't think she, you know, from as far as I remember being around her, she never recovered from it. But I was only around her for maybe another year after that. So I really didn't get to see what she turned out. But man, yeah, it, it, she was a messed up. She it messed her up. Uh anyway. Says right here, and and when you think about this, you think about the number of times this is done in America, and you think about a lot of women dealing with depression and anxiety. Most women are dealing with problems that were either self-inflicted or a result of their self-esteem or a result of them being a victim of something, and you won't even know it. And then you guys, this is the problem again. 
This is the problem again when I call perceiving older women. Older women. And this is one of the problems what I see of older women, meaning older than 28. It's because by then, they have double or triple the trauma than you have. This is why they always seeking therapy and they have double the triple because they started off their adolescence way before you. They've been introduced to drugs, alcohol, sex, sexual interest, lifestyle, partying, nightclubs, boot. They get that shit for free. Tattoos, marijuana, old ninjas, young ninjas, pregnancy, terminations, miscarriages. And here we go at 30, walking in here, trying to get two pieces of peace leave. You trying to get your you trying to get your whistle wet. All you try to do is get a little bit of segs. <laughs> and they've been dealing with relatives touching on them. And, and here you walk up. Oh, 28's not that old. Ninja, she didn't live 50 people's lives. She didn't have 50 people's trauma. <laughs> By the time they 30. Orgies, trains, nights they don't remember, coca habits, med. Trying. And that's the average woman. <laughs> right? A boss that tried to sleep with him. She did sleep with her boss in the bank vault, in the ice cream freezer. Yacht parties. Ninja, then we walk up, <laughs> try to run some game on her. Teachers, coaches fucking on them. Mm. They, they didn't live all of that since they were 12. Ninjas are trying to snatch them up for candy. Candy van ass perverts. Perverted next door neighbors. <laughs> right? And then here we come. All right, I'm going to walk up to this woman. Here we go. I'm going to tell her what she needs to know. And I'm going gonna to complete me. Man, please, man. Fat dude, brothers. Trying. Pastors in churches trying to hit on them. Customers at stores when she was 16 as a clerk. She didn't see the whole goddamn ninjas trying to hide cameras in her bathroom. Ninja stealing her panties. I'm telling you, ninja. They done dealt with some crazy ass shit. And you, on the other hand, trying to get your fifth body. <laughs> you trying to get your fifth body count. I'm going to work up to get my body count up to five. I think I'll marry this one. Man, Lord have mercy. Pornography addiction. Mental health escapades. My Lord. Coach 28, so 28, that, 28 ain't that old. In woman years, it's like old ass dog years. The trauma they've already experienced, you have no clue, right? None. Right? It's crazy. So I <laughs> this is real and this is what you need to consider. They've been they, women experience some damage all the way up until they hit 30. They experience a whole world you ain't ever seen. None of it. None of it. And they pack it all away and they drag them bags over to you. And then when they act funny, when they act do I know women have been to jail and prison. And she had no, I had no clue. She opened up to me. I was like, really? You was in prison? She was in prison. They didn't have DUIs, 
court cases, bankruptcies, evictions. And then you roll up with all this baggage. At 30, she done lived five times your life. Dude, I knew a woman that had, was in therapy and, and the, the therapist got on her booty. You know what I mean? And was like, and then she had to sue the therapist and went through that trauma. She was under 30 when I knew her. I think, I think she was uh, 24, 25. Therapist got on that ass. I'm like, man. <laughs> Yo, man, pick them before they get ruined out here. Early terminations, pick them before they get ruined. By the time they hit 30, they done been through a whole life. They dated a drug dealer. They dated a tattoo artist that they moved to Hawaii to fly and live with that ninja. She aborted their baby. Man, please. You guys got to watch out for that. Shout out to no government name says, I don't see how you can control your daughter when they can turn 18, get half naked on TikTok, make more money than the father. It's sad. Facts. Facts. It's very tough now. They do. Women have been empowered. And that doesn't just mean older women. Younger women have been empowered. So it's really tough. Shout out to El Jefe says, so looking forward to you going back on Fresh and Fit. Goat, hopefully we can get that done here. Hopefully we can get that done soon. Yep, credit fried. I'm telling you, man, they be going through a whole life. And most men, you haven't been to none of that life. You ain't seen none of that. You ain't seen none of that. Most of y'all ain't seen five naked women in your bed. And they've seen orgies. They've been offered trains. They've been offered money for sex. Some took it. Some haven't. <laughs> right? Unbelievable. And look, if there's a woman in here that th- say I'm lying, some of them been divorced by 30. Divorced. Married and divorced. <laughs> Baby mama. Take your pick. Take your pick from that cocktail of all of the potential trauma that these people have by 30. They start early with this shit. You guys think it all starts at 18 or 20 or 20. Many of them will tell you they first boyfriend in high school did something weird to them. It's crazy, man. He said most people ain't never been on a yacht. Most men ain't never been on a yacht. Ain't ever been considered to be on no boat. They've been on plenty of dudes boat. They've been, they've been close and rub elbows and other things with millionaires. Did you, you ain't never had a millionaire talk to you for more than five seconds. They didn't touch elbows. If they live in a place like a high, high pergamous place, they've been with celebrities. They fucked celebrities <laughs> and the, just discarded her, sent her home with a thousand dollars. And that's a regular chick. You about to, you about to plow through. You about to make your girlfriend. Guys, this is high hypergamous places. New York, Los Angeles, Miami, Houston, Dallas, D.C., Chicago. They've, they've, they've had interactions with celebrity men. Boned them. Had, got boned by them and was gone and moving. That's just another ninja. Right? Some of them got fake IDs, 16, 17. Remember the woman uh, that was at the college party, the San Diego State party? And she said she got great by the, the punter, king punter, punk god. She was 17, getting throttled. She had sex with three to four men at that party on the football team. Willingly. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta. If they went backpacking New Europe, forget it. Ninja, she did that. Studied abroad. Man, almighty. 
just pick, I would say every woman, pick five issues of those that I named. Every woman got a combination of one of five of these issues. One, one of five. Pick, pick it. You just don't know what they're dealing with. And sometimes they look back and reflect and they feel bad about it. Callie West, I got you, brother. Jay Flo says, I just found out my baby mama terrorist passed away. Really? My good side says RIP. And my dark side says, have a nice trip for putting me through hell. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Listen, are you, are you serious? Are you serious? Sheesh. That's crazy. That's crazy. Hey, man, you got to let God do what God do. You know what I mean? You ain't got no control over that. Cartier Johnson says, Coach, today is my birthday. Turn 35. I listen to you faithfully. Single, no kids, no straggles. Own some properties to Capitol Grill. Last night, got a steak, some sloppy yogurt. Brought me a drink. Any advice? Okay, she bought you a drink. Again, that's different. That's not a cold approach. So, do whatever you need to do. Get the number and then do what you need to do. Proceed cautiously. All right. You dead serious. Damn. Hey, man. How, how old are your kids, by the way? Congratulations, Cartier, with the birthday real quick. Sometimes. How she did. All right. This ninja. Shout out to Michael says my ad free fee since I. Won't give it to YouTube. Shout out to you, man. Thank you, brother. Man, some people, man. Yeah, warm lead. That's a warm lead. Proceed with caution. Just just vet her out. It is what it is. Sometime they choosing. He says, I was never the same. Okay, hold on for a second. How old are your kids? Shout out to Twin B. Says, I've been destroyed. Can barely afford to super chat. Oh, damn. I'm telling you. Oh, his kids are older. Okay, his kids are older, 28 and 23. All right, it, it is what it is. Ninja, you ain't got no control over that. <laughs> All right, she did. Let's give it a bell right quick. Uh, the only thing with that is, you know, your kids are going to be hurt and traumatized. You got you to gotta live with that. Luckily, they're not young. Luckily, they're not young. Shout out to Twin B says, I've been destroyed. Got destroyed through that. Joshua Moon says, Coach says, shut up, Ninja. <laughs> All right. We got Mr. Albert says, notice how reading rainbow people never get accused of sexual assault. Not that we know of. That's true. But they always in our business. Shout out to Sean Destiny says, Bucks for Reverend X. Shout out to you, man. Appreciate you. I don't give a fuck what you think, bitch. Yeah. Cut that bitch off. Next call. Jay Cool says, about two and a half years ago, I walked. I went out for a morning walk in the morning where I used to live for 22 years. I found some sort of important card on the three doors down. And he says, saw a woman coming outside, approached her and asked if these were hers. 40, minute later, 40 minutes later, I came home from the walk and the cops had been looking for me. He says, yeah, don't. He says, do not even have to approach to get in trouble. Damn. So you, she must have been new. I'm sorry. Yeah, she must have been new. You had lived there, and uh, this happens in the suburbs where new people will move in. They don't see you, right? They don't notice you, and then they notice you, and they think you don't belong there. You're like, bitch, I've been here longer than you. Like, right? But that happens sometimes. Kevin says the Starbucks employee actually put their coworkers in danger if the woman were to give the signals that she was uncomfortable 
then the Starbucks employee would have had to back up in the form of coworkers and other co- customers. Yep. Then they would have actually. Now, what if the guy then has a knife? Yeah. Again, man, people trying to butt into people's businesses. CJ says if the employee thought the guy was hot, would they still try to intervene? Or maybe the employee was jealous he didn't approach her. How many single 40-year-old women wish a man approached them? Exactly. But they're creating a scenario where men are going to think twice. And just for a guy to think twice is enough to make you believe that it's not the best thing to do. We're already thinking twice about approaching anyway. Because, right, we're like, oh, man, okay, I got her. You got to make sure. You ever do this? You ever um, you ever be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm about to approach her right now. And then as soon as you start walking over there, she start talking to somebody else. You know what I mean? You don't have your timing right. You're like, oh, I'm about to get, okay, oh, shit, okay, right now. She talking to the clerk. All right, okay, okay, they bagging her grocery. Okay, they fun to fit. And then your clerk start talking to you extra. You're like, shut up, bitch. I got to get my shit. I got to go. Give me my receipt. Then she walking out the door. You got to catch up to her. Then she stop. Or she walking the other way. <laughs> you got like, oh, so you got to run after her. All awkward. Like, it's not the perfect storm. It's not the perfect storm. So then I, I'm telling you, if you got to do all that, let that shit go. But it, it, it's kind of one of those things that got to be the right scenario, right situation. It can't be like you darted across the room and ran in front of her. I just got to talk to you. It, it puts you in a bad situation. So if you're already thinking like that, you're thinking about how to make this happen. Now you got to think about who watching you. <laughs> right. All right. Shout out to Leon L. He says, I've never heard or seen a woman complain that a Chad Pookie or a wealthy man cold approached him. Facts. Facts. So, again, we're talking about a small percentage of men and uh, the guys that believe in this strategy. They are that guy. Ultimately. They are that guy. And again, don't act like I ain't been nowhere. I I grew up in college. I went, you know, I had all my basketball, football teammates, all of these people from high school. We used to do this shit on the regular. I just look at it now. It's significantly different. It's different. It's a different world than what it was. Again, I'm not a cold approach guy today. All right. Does it mean that I'll never talk to a woman in public openly? No, I, I look at situations where, it turns into a lead and it leads into something that's different. Rarely am I going to be like, oh, let me shoot my shot. Because there's no necessity for it. I'm quite comfortable where I am. And there's never a person that I'm like, oh, this person's way better than the one I got. All right. But also, when we used to do this in high school, college, and so forth, there was no perception of harassment. Now, there were some uncomfortable situations. Yes. There were some people who took it overboard. There were some people who took this shit overboard. And yeah, like I remember we used to hang out at this co- at one of the colleges I went to and there was a bridge. This bridge was a bridge that everybody had to uh, cross to get to the common area, the cafeteria, the bookstore, the main part of the campus where everybody's going to be at. So this bridge, we would all hang out there. Now, In the 90s, this is the early 90s to mid 90s, Ninja, we would just stand over there and walk up to every girl. Ninja, it was like cold approach training. There were no dating courts, coaches, classing. There were no dating coaches, classes. There were no courses to buy. 
this is where you got your shit off. This is where you got your shit off. This is what you know how to, what works and what didn't work. You was, you was under pressure. You had your guys there. Let's see your game. <laughs> right. And there was no other re- way to talk to the woman. You can't be like, I'm going to find her on Snapchat later. I'm going to find her number in the phone book. Like, that was, that was only right here. So you're going to have to get your shit off or you're going to be closed mouths, don't get fed. And there were some guys who harassed the women, right? And but what, will, what would happen is there were guys that would, we, would, we would do the gentleman approach. We would do the nice guy. We would do the player, you know. You know we're, we're doing everything. But then there was the guy that would not directly cold approach her. He would shout some shit over there at her. And then, hey, come here, come here, come here. Hey, come here, bitch. Come here. Come here. So she's supposed to just stop and redirect and come over there. Hi. <laughs> what do you want? You told me to come here. Obviously, she wouldn't come here and she would keep walking. Oh, look at you, oblong, shake, box, booty ass. Now nah, he got a diss. Mm. Now he got a disser. And then that's when it becomes uncomfortable, even for a person like me, because I'm associated with this shit. Like I'm guilty by association so that it, it will happen too, because then you will eventually have a class with one of these girls and she'll be, and you'll talk to her and she'd be like, Oh, you're kind of cool. I see who you hang out with. Remember, this is a different time, right? But I see who you hang out with. She'd be like, you're nothing like those other dudes, right? Type shit. Because you get associated with the loudest, most obnoxious ass, most I got the most game riz ass ninja. The disrespectful guy. You're automatically associated with that guy. So that was where the danger was. That's what it now. Now, let me tell you something. You couldn't do that shit today unless you were in some low air. You could not do that today. You could not do that. I, I don't think on any college campus you can stand on a bridge with 20 ninjas. <laughs> you cannot stand on the bridge I might be wrong but I've been on college campuses all the way up until my 40s and I ain't seen no shit like that for, I might be wrong but I don't think you can stand 10 ninjas on a bridge where everybody commonly has to go they don't have no choice they gotta pass this spot I don't think you could get away with that today there ain't no way I don't I don't think that could happen. I think that's gonna be very, very far seen seen as harassment. <laughs> so that that's where it really goes over the top. But them ninjas really mess it up for everybody. And those got those are the guys that always say they got the most game. I swear to God. That's why I'm always when I hear game shit, I'll be like, oh, here, here's another one. Them the guys be the loudest, most obnoxious, most cock-blocking ass, most hating ass, because what'll happen is they'll see you with the girl. Inevitably, you'll get the girl faster than they'll get it. But then because they got game, they going dirty Mac and cock-block and hate on your ass when you got the girl. Because they gonna, eventually you'll be walking with the girl, even if you putting in your riz, your post-classroom riz. So you get out of class, there go the girl she seen, they he been trying to talk to. Now you walking and you putting in your post, you putting in your post classroom. All right, let me lay it in thick. Here come this ninja. Oh, look at your little ass over there with your punk ass with that bitch thinking you somebody ass ninja. 
and you be like, damn, man, shut up. Why you got a cock lock? Why you got to get, but, and, but those are the guys that always say they got the most game. This is why when ninjas come in here with that shit, it's the loud mouth ninjas that got the worst game and they think they the best. It's the loud mouth ass ninjas. That's why I cannot co-sign on game because them be the biggest cock blockers. Them be the biggest dirty Macs. Them be the loudest nink. Them be the ninjas that be the biggest haters. Without a doubt. And I've lived this life a long time. I didn't just start off sitting in my room here doing YouTube. Them are the worst ninjas. The loudest ninja in the club. Worst ninjas. And got the goofiest game you can ever see in your life. But they will swear up and down that they got the game. And you like ninja. And all your bitches is better. Because they'll talk about all the ass they getting. And see you with a halfway decent chick and be jealous at you. Because all the bitches they boning are cockeyed, knock knee, buck tooth at best. Mm. Talking about they got game. And then when you see them with a broad, you like, that's the broads you getting? You act like you was getting models. You like, what's wrong with her, Sean? She thick, Sean. I'm like, that bitch real thick. She knock knee, buck tooth. <laughs> And got a thick ass forehead. She looking a little sloping forehead ass bitch. And that's what you've been bragging about. <laughs> right, ninja? Mm. And then you realize you've been doing better than them the whole time. You was like, oh. They getting herpes infested ass straggle bitches. You like. <laughs> like word. That's what you've been pulling. Okay. Oh, damn. I've been doing better than you with no game at all. <laughs> right shout out to jay cool says coach thanks for sharing your perspective on this information at 56 i like approaching and talking to people women and men he says of any age range but i don't i do not cold approach women in general started taking this information personally but stopped and just took it in shout out to you again some situations are kind of different than the others like all situations of cold approach are, I'm, they're not always off limits, but you just have to be careful. All right, shout out to Kevin T says salute and respect. Much respect to the coach. I have, I already read this one. Shout out to you. Thank you, brother, for that. Reading the books. And CJ, uh, Strife, did I get Strife? Excel says, um, it's funny, girls will call harassment on cold approaching, yet lie about how they met their boyfriend on a dating app. The price is wrong. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think naturally, women want to meet their guy out in the open. Right? Let's just say we met at the mall. Let's just say we met. I think inherently women want to say it was serendipity. This is why they will, sit, they will complain about uh, I think women, uh, again, women did this to themselves because what they did was they say, I don't want a man to find me in this manner, and I'm going to name them. They said, you can't be in the passenger side of your best friend's ride. That's going to be a no. So they complain about these things, and if we do have overtime, I'll do a segment about complaining. Maybe, to, maybe tomorrow, tonight. So you can't be in the passenger side of your best friend's ride. You can't honk the horn at them. That's a no-no. Can't pick them up at work, right? I'm at work. Don't talk to me. This is a common form of rejection that women have complained about. 
Can't talk to me when I have sunglasses on. Can't talk to me when I have headphones on. You should know this. Can't talk to me if we're in the same classroom. She can't talk. But but what they want is around the corner, here you come. All right. Here you come walking. And then around the corner of this building, she's walking. So you both are walking and then serendipitously, pow, you bang into each other. Yep, can't talk to me at when I'm at the gym. Don't talk to me when I'm at the gym. If I'm in a hotel, don't talk to me in a hotel. But here you go, you collide, bam. And then boom, bang. And then the love of my life. Oh my gosh. Are you okay? Yes. Here, come in. Oh, looks like you have a bruise there. Let me clean that up. Oh, I'm with me. Oh boy. You ran into my life. You came into my world. And do you feel that? And she says, I feel it coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? They want some romantic shit. Where you just across the room, you send a drink. The bartender says, you know, the gentleman over there wants you to have this drink. And she looks over. You know what I mean? Like some soap opera ass dynasty in Dallas. She pulls her hair back. Thank you. Then you come over with your drink. Hi there. Did you enjoy that drink? I was watching you the entire time like a hawk. I watched what you drank. I saw who you were talking to. I kept my eyes on you like this, bitch. And I was watching you every drink you take. And I said, Bartender, give her that same rum and coke. I won't take my eyes off you. I've been staring at you from across the room, bitch. Yeah, I got my eyes on you. Mm-hmm. And I think you're in love with me, and I'm going to be in love with you, and you're going to do what we go. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit down right here. Yeah, I saw you talking to that other guy, too. Did you give him the number? You bet not have. Yeah, it's serendipity. You know what I mean? They want you to do something. <laughs> That's how they want that shit to happen. You know what I mean? Sit up there. Hi, my name is Roger. Yeah. Good to meet you. I'm a gentleman here. I know what type of drink that is. Perhaps I'll take the lady out for an evening. Would you like to go? It's raining outside. We could sing and dance in the rain. It just so happens to be misty rain outside. Just like a movie. Then you take her. She puts her arm in between your arm and you walk in. She wearing a dress. You go outside. You twirl her around. I saw you and him walking in the You dip her like this. Walking in the rain. We were holding hands. <laughs> they want that shit. They want that old regular ass. You know what I mean? Regular ass, uh, Fred Astaire ass. <laughs> Fred Astaire ass. We met serendipitously, and it hit us. We had passionate love. We moved in together next week. <laughs> it's crazy. That's what they want, man. They ain't out here being lunatics with it, too, man. No, I got to be the right guy. Yeah, not a guy that blows the horn. You know, no, not him. Hey, baby, what's up? 
All right, get her to come over. Come on, bitch. Get in the car. Yeah, they want the movie script. It's crazy. And I didn't know him. He was a complete stranger, but he was my soulmate. He just dropped out of the heavens into the sky, and now we lived happily ever after. Where are we at? Shout out to Jamie Hoffman. Appreciate you. Coach J, coach, he says, why is cold approach so complicated? I think it's become complicated because, I um, you know, men are nervous about it. Number two, you have people that you have outside sources that you cannot control. Number three, women have shit to do. So when they're outside, back in the day, they used to come outside waiting to get cold approach. But there was a time where women would actually try to finesse you on a cold approach, bars and nightclubs, which are bad places to start to learn. So then you would go up there and then you'd be like, hi, how you doing? And she'd be like, well, I don't talk to ninjas if you don't buy me a drink. Okay, I'll get you a drink. Okay, you got to buy my whole table a drink. Mm. All right, men, men over aggressive doing it, men harassing women. There's a whole bunch of reasons why. Um, you know, there's men, women saying, a small percentage of women saying they don't want to be approached. They think it's classy, crass, or whatever it is. And those are the women that we hear. And so it has always been the case that I believe that men approaching women should have been, it's a nervous experience. It should, you should be nervous about it. But I also think too many people that shouldn't be doing it are doing it. Too many people that shouldn't be doing it are doing it. Also, older men and older women are on the dating marketplace. Too many of them. More than ever before. So you have that going on. I think these older people, men and women, should be in their kids' life, not trying to live the life at 40s, the new 20. Y'all ninjas should have moved on, have your mates or have your concubines or your harem. You should have your shit going on over here. Let these kids be kids. Um, but yeah, you have people that are expert cold approaches, right? I'm experts at it, which... You know, to me, like, what's the purpose of that? If it is, in fact, you're trying to find a mate. If you're trying to find a mate, it's kind of hard to be an expert at it because, I mean, you would find a mate. But guys use the cold approach to fuck women. Now, that's going to throw the marketplace off, to be honest with you. That's going to make it harder because women are going to catch on to that. They're going to catch on. They're actually going to research how they don't become victimized by this. That's what happened to PUA culture. PUA had a great rise. It had momentum. Then women figured out what PUA was. Why? Because they had a vested interest in not getting screwed over. So they would watch these people as well. Talk about what they're going to do to get over on women. So the PUAs had something to throw uh, dirt on it. Now, young PUAs are pretty clueless about this. Then they're coming up thinking they came up with some fun, you know, some good shit. But what, what will happen is women then put up a defense force against dudes that cold approach. They're going to go, okay, all right, we got these ninjas out here. Remember, women are not ignorant of these processes. They have a vested interest in protecting themselves against this. So they watch, but they don't comment. They watch and go. Next time a person does that, says that, we're just going to put them in the PUA category, whether you are or not. 
Yeah, but I and, and somebody says they are the clowns. Yeah, they're, they're all clowns to me. And what's funny is there'll be a guy, he'll be 30, he'll be, he'll be 5, 10, 15 years younger than me talking about me. Like I've been sitting in a room all my life. I, it's bizarre. And I'm like, dude, let me just tell you something. When I was living 18 to 25, you were like three years old. You were like 10, right? Now, that doesn't mean anything in the context. But Ninja, I've been a full adult for many years before you even could learn how to piss straight and get the snicker stains out your drawers. So I lived a full adult life, Ninja, before you was able to bust your first nut. So don't come over here like, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. And you just came up with some shit that that you just figured out that nobody else figured out. <laughs> like, Ninja, your ass couldn't even do the laundry. You couldn't even know how to separate your clothes without the reds bleeding into the whites. And I've been a full ass adult. Stop with the bullshit. Stop with the cap. You don't know nothing different than the men that I grew up with or the men that preceded me. You ain't doing nothing different. Nothing. So don't come up here like you know what the fuck you're talking about and I'm just out here in left field. Right? Don't do not do that to me. It's kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, come on, guys. Ninja, you ain't even been able to get the tartar out of your teeth talking shit to me. Get the tartar out of your teeth before you talk to me. Learn how to pay all your bills before you talk to me. Anyway. <laughs> Where we at? Where we at? Ghost J says, Coach, they want a they want a dance, a song and a dance. They want a song and a dance. The romanticism. Romance. And romance has killed it. I got a couple more super chats. I better get through them. The narrow tranquilo, my last two relationships, was dodged by baggage. Chick been touched on by her uncle. She was never over her ex till I, I'll, wait. It says till texting the ninja. He says other lived. I don't know what that means. Other live, I think you meant others. Others live like she had bread, but paying off student loan debt from the 90s. He says men vet before investing. In fact. Yes. Vet before investing. You guys got to realize, in my opinion, if if a woman has been, if she's older than 30, you need to do a deep dive. Investigative. Uh, you need to get an investigative report of team on that woman. If she's ever been to therapy and she's under 30, then you, you need doctor records. Do not overlook this. A lot of women have teenage uh, uh, depression, which their hormones go crazy. They, they're, they're on the hormonal, they, they can't adjust. A lot of women have this. And, um, dude, don't overlook this shit. <laughs> Just let you know, don't overlook it. They're, you're going to find out when it's too late. Because women deal with some crazy shit, you know what I mean? They, they're, they're really not built for this type of um, dealing with hardcore issues. They're not built for it. This is why they've always must have had a man to even coexist by the age of 30. They always needed to have this. This was a need for them. And if they didn't have one, they were put with a man. 
they were put with a man because they're ne really not physically built for this or even mentally built with this. I know people are going to disagree and say it's misogynist, but if you look up the data, 60% or 70% of the people that are claiming mental health or seeing a therapist are women. Now, you got to ask yourself, let's be real. Why is this the case? Because they can't handle life. I mean, they, they, they can't, they're incapable of handling it effectively. Now, I always use this example, and then you get mad at me. Okay, am I supposed to be here to help you go? Am I supposed to here be to empathize with women that can't get through the basics of life without breaking down? Because that's what you're doing. That's what you're telling me you're doing. You're breaking down. Stress, depression, anxiety. Can't get through the simple, the simple, the simple things that men have been doing for thousands of years and women. And why is that? What, what about it is going on? Do you have some history of early terminations of pregnancy? Drug dependency? I'm pretty sure that's there. Alcoholism? Uh, fornication? They want to say body counts don't matter, but they also want to say therapy and mental health. Yo, if y'all running around here fornicating and then telling me you have mental health issues stemming from what? I'm going to just attach it to the fornication. Mm. And the alcohol dependency and the drug use and the three early terminations of pregnancy you had, they got to be connected. That's got to be connected. You just can't say you're depressed and then I just back off. You got to look and dive deeper. You're going to realize some of these women have been doing cocaine since they were 16. Coca. That pure uncut blue magic. <laughs> And they won't tell you. And some of them have had other issues. Early, great. Uh, uh, touching on by relatives. Dealing with those issues. And you don't know nothing about it. Living the fast life. Starting life off fast. Dating older ninjas. And you don't know nothing. Right? You, you're going to get caught off guard. They got a lot of that going on. Coochie, crook, King Kong. Shout out to you. And uh, MC Hamster says his name is Normie and he runs a hotel. It's fate. Oh, indeed. Shout out to um, CJ says, can you please do more detailed show on the ghost of past early terminations and miscarriages? How it affects them mentally and physically. I heard it messes them up inside. It messes their insides up. He says, and how other women, friend, families convince them to get early terminations, and how women used to hide early terminations. The mother would uh, keep their daughters secret. In southern states, people found small coffins buried in backyards. Mm. Yeah, that, listen, the one thing I cannot talk about, because I don't have the experience, is miscarriages. I don't have any experience with it. I do have experience with women not able to conceive. I have experience with people that have terminated kids. I do remember there was a time where a woman would go down south because she had appendicitis or she had a tonsillitis and she was pregnant. This is a Midwestern, Northeastern tradition where a young girl, teenage pregnancy, she would disappear for six months right there and then I'll have the baby. Sometimes you have those situations where you do have small caskets and kids being hidden without the early terminations. I do have experience with women who had teenage pregnancies, had the baby in bathrooms because they um, 
because they were in denial that they were pregnant. And these women turned out to be older adults, women that I knew as adults. And they told me this story and they were 18, 16, 21. And I'm like, the fuck? Like you're 20 and you're having a baby in a bathroom because you don't want to tell your prayers you're pregnant. Think of, you know what I mean? Like as a young man, you're not going to deal with anything close to that. You're not dealing with anything close to that because there's just too many questions to answer. Like who baby is it? Like, where did you, what happened? Where did you go? Man, this, and they carry these things with them for their entire life. And then when they say, I oh, look, I have mental health issues. Ninja from what? Like I always tell you, that don't tell me nothing. What do you have mental health issues from? <laughs> like what's, what is the, what's causing it? And what you will find out, it's a history of something going on. And they will then say, well, it was abuse. Um, I, I'm not hearing none of that shit. <laughs> I'm not hearing none of that. What about the times you was doing coca and crack? What about the time you was out here smoking weed? What about all them tattoos? What is that? What, 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 what's going on? Where are all the demons at? But that's how they dismiss it. Mental health abuse. That's how they dismiss it. Oh, what about that alcoholism? No, that it had nothing to do with it. Okay. <laughs> that had nothing to do with it. Okay. Or maybe that caused you to become an alcoholic. Okay. What's causing these, what's causing these issues? It's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. I've heard some weird, like some wild stuff, but guys, you're not prepared for it. This is why I look at women past 28. You got to do a deep dive on them. Deep dive. If you're, this is only if you're considering being in a relationship. All right. This is if you're considering being in a relationship. If you're not, it doesn't matter. But, um, you know, well, it does kind of. It does kind of. Somebody said they're not even showing me live that I'm live. Yeah, they hating on me. Because they know I'm tackling stuff that, man, nobody wants to deal with. Because, I, I, look, not many people are telling you this. And I'm using their own copes to get them. I'm using their own copes because their cope is, oh, I was abused. Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> right? Let's talk about it. Oh, no. Uh. Oh, well, you know, I've been depressed and straight. Okay, let's talk about it. From what? Did you party when you were a kid? Did you drink? Did you smoke dope? Did you terminate a kid? Did you fornicate? What, what is it from? They don't want to do it. Oh, that had nothing to do with it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it is what it is. Okay, so there you go. You're over there. You're over there. You know what I mean? It's crazy, man. Look, it's crazy, but a lot of you guys, then the worst part of it is they dump that shit right in your lap. And guys, there's a, they dump it right in your lap. And you're some unsuspecting Joe Schmo. And that's you. And they dump that shit all in your lap. After you commit or move their ass in or engage or marry them, if you're lucky. Then they dump it zoop, right up in your lap. Student loan debt. Like, these are dangerous things that men like me, I'm one of the last of a dying breed. I'm willing to call this shit out. 
and nobody can nobody can dispute me. Nobody can dispute me because I'll ask for real. Let's talk about it. You can't just throw me off the scent saying your last boyfriend was abusive. Bullshit. You trying to trauma dump. You trying to baggage. Uh, you trying to pack like. Nah. Shout out to JC. Just checking in, coach. Here's a crispy 10 for keeping me laughing my extra five-mile walk. Now it's time to put some hot sauce on my buffalo baby. On my burrito, buffalo. On my burrito, baby. Catch you tonight. Shout out to you. Yep. Addiction. Messing with the wrong ninjas. Messing with. Ugh. Some of these women only fans. Whore. Oh, dude, you know what's another one? Girls that sell booty. That's another one that nobody talks about. And if you're hanging out at nightclubs and bars and, and, and uh, college towns and g- girls that sell booty, puss. Girls that sell puss. Wait. When I start selling pussy, I don't want to hear it. That's going to be the new one. That's going to be the new one. In the next 20 years, girls that had to do a little bit and go to the junior college and see Uncle Earl and Percy Earl, that's going to be the new one. But there's been a lot of women you don't even know that done it. You have no clue because just just trust me, you can never figure it out. You will never know. Girls that used to strip, you will never freaking know. You ain't know. You won't have a freaking clue. And you will find out Anthony uh, Johnson found out his girl was an escort. You ain't going to have no damn clue because what you're going to think is you're going to think these girls look a certain way. You're going to think these girls look a certain way. But nah, they don't. Trust me. I had them all side. Bookworms. All right. Bookworms. Executives. Lawyers. Doctors. Skeezers. Straggles. Students. Athletes. They come from all forms of life. All walks. They don't just come from uh, daddy issue, broken home, desperate women. They don't. Trust me. Some girls that have been in the life and had a pimp. Yep. They'll have the markings. Dude, you guys don't have a clue. I was talking to this one chick and we were talking quickly, like it was not romantically, but it was kind of like she was trying to come hook up real quick or whatever. And she was in her forties and she was talking. And I was talking to her. I said, um, she was like, are you, I said, are you from Vegas? She said, yep, I grew up here. Now, again, I asked kind of the hard questions because I'll, I'll just throw it out there. And she worked as a, um, <clears throat> she worked as a, um, I can't, I don't know what they describe them, but the girls in the casino, that come up to the t- cocktail waitress. She's a cocktail waitress at um, one of the casinos. So when I heard that, this woman's in her mid-40s. When I heard that, I was like, you grew up in Vegas, you're a cocktail waitress. I said, Where, did you strip before? Did you strip? So I'll ask questions like that because I'll say, I don't judge. I don't judge. I was like, oh, you must have stripped before then. She was like, yep. Started off when I was 16. I was like, I was like, and the woman you would have seen, she looks like somebody's mama. She looked like somebody's mama. And she said, yep, I had a fake ID. Started off when I was 16. I was like, there you go. Now, you got to understand, that was 30 years ago. 
30, it been 30 years. So you got to think from 16 to, so you know she escorted. You know she did the old uh, walking down the street with her titties. You know she did. I was like, bruh. So, again, you have to ask the tough questions. And a lot of guys don't. A lot of guys don't. Yep, they've done everything. If she's a cocktail waitress, she done all of it. She done the escorting. She done the stripping. She done all of it. So, it's too common. And I know it. So, when I just ask innocently. And I didn't ask as a judgment. I didn't put it on her like, I, I bet you you're a nasty girl. All I said was, I didn't hit it, no. All I said was, oh, you grew up in Vegas? I was like, so you must have have stripped. And she came right out. Boom. I was like, yep. <laughs> Dude, that's going to be that's gonna be the thing going forward. You're going to have the Instagram models, the former Instagram models, the former doo-doo Dubais, the former girls, sinking girls, the former hookers, street walkers, the girls that went from town to town, uh, the girls that did shows. She was a stripper. She did showcases all up from Dallas to Atlanta and back. That's going to be the big one for the next 20 years going forward. So anyway, let me get up out of here, brothers. I think I'm going to cover the last subject tonight, which was eight reasons why women complain so much. That should be interesting. Let me check on the chats before we get out of here. And she told me where she started off, too. I was like, yo, I was like, man, you can't make this shit up, bro. But yeah. It is what it is, and they got these stories, but it's in their best interest that they hide it from you because obviously most men can't handle it. They'll judge. All right, another stream done. Shout out to the coach gang. Appreciate the support. We out of here. Peace.